and welcome to the Computer Game Show. My name's David Turner. I'm here with John Denton. Yeah, boy. I'm also here with Matt Murray. Yeah, boy. And introducing to the Dash Radio listeners, it's James Farley. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, great. Um, it, I mean, just a little bit I of mean, enthusiasm. Yeah, James, I mean, do you want to do an introduction to the millions of Dash Radio listeners? Not really. Um, okay, no, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, Matt, should we go to feedback? We should. I mean, I've got a game for this week. Do you want to do a game on. or feedback first? When what? When can I give my feedback? Because I wasn't here last week. Um, well, not we yet, stop? Should we start with James's feedback? No. And then do fe- I think the game should be after the feedback. Let's get yeah, the feedback agree. done Let, first. Let's tease the game because it's clearly the highlight of this section. Okay, Matt, you're a little bit eager, too eager. I know you've got a lot to prove. I have uh, had time. two beers. <laughs> James, <laughs> go on. Well, let's start with your feedback. Okay, well, last week, obviously, I wasn't here, but generally, good show. I quite enjoyed it. Thanks, man. I quite enjoyed most of it. A couple Which of points, though, that I, I'm on. not very happy about. First of all, it's John slagging me off about the news. I mean... What was that? Where did that come from? Like, having a go at me for not producing the news, even though I wasn't here. I apologise later in the show. We, he did apologise You apologise, and then later on, you slagged me off again about it. You did it twice. Yeah. again. And it's like... Yeah, yeah it's probably Dave's fault. I mean, the thing what? is... That's, that's not fair. But yep. it's, uh, it, it was, it, this did annoy me because, I mean, okay, I did complain when I had to do the emails and tweets when you weren't around, but that's because everyone slags me off whenever but I do it. the thing is, I'd forgotten about you doing the emails and tweets when I said that about the news. <laughs> he just so didn't give a shit. So that's what happened. You wouldn't forget if you cared. Like, you'd, you'd remember that and go, oh, yeah, and no, I did help me out while mate. And then instead you just went, oh, fucking, why are you doing that for James? Fuck that. What was that all about, John? Come on. Right, next next bit of feedback. So that wasn't very good. Um, the, other <laughs> no, stuff, no, I mean, the other stuff was, I mean, to be honest, there was, I was expecting like an evisceration of Yakuza, but it didn't come, David. I was a bit kind of disappointed because I was, um, I, as I got to mm. that, I was starting to get a bit nervous because I was thinking, where are you going to go with it? But you were, most of the points you made were pretty reasonable. You know, they, well, they were, and then I don't get it. I don't get it, like you, but I mean, okay, you like you like things about it. I get that, right? Yeah. But with something that I don't know, man, there, there was so much that I found wrong with it I know, that I can I can thing grasp is, onto. That know, how but, was this game well, of the year last year? Well, because the thing is, right, is the points you made were reasonable for someone like you that always needs like instant gratification when you're playing games. Like you know, I oh, mean, yeah, oh, coming, I, I do like it when I'm playing a game and I'm enjoying it. I, know, but I like, do like that when the game that, gives like, something you, back. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I know for you like coming up against walls of text must have been really off-putting because I know you don't like reading, and so you know, I, yeah. I can understand why you didn't like it that much. But I mean, also the thing about Yakuza is a lot of it is about you know sort of exploring the environment and that kind of thing. And I know you can't that, explore it though. You can. This is complete nonsense. You see, this is the other thing that really annoyed me. Right? Is you started talking about saying, "Oh, the map's so tiny, there's nothing to do." There is tons of stuff to do in that in the game. There's, there's not, arcades, there's, there's, right, karaoke, okay, there's, dancing, bowling, mahjong, which obviously you probably know about now. Like blackjack. I've heard of it now. There's yeah. like absolutely tons of stuff to do in oh, it. Blackjack. What? Well, it's got blackjack in it. Fucking hell! Oh, I didn't play black. Checking it. What Did, didn't, didn't you complaining about that when it was in stuff like Grand Theft Auto? You know, it's like you know you're not like slagging I don't think it off I mentioned that. it. But it's just I, I know <laughs> what it is. Is you're just annoyed because you? I mean, I know that you're just basically not interested in anything that's outside of like the Anglosphere, are you? Like at all? It's just anything, <laughs> anything, anything that's from like you know Asia or whatever. You just you just don't care. You're not interested at all. So that's not true. It is that's total. He bollocks. loves Mario. 
Okay, okay. Oh, that was a bit of a sarky laugh. Zelda, Dark Souls. Yeah. There are loads of Japanese no, games not, I, I like. know they're Japanese games, but they're not games about like Japanese culture as such, which I know you're not really that, uh. you're not that interested. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but the, I'm not... What are you suggesting here? I mean, you've got to think very carefully about your next sentence. What are you I'm, suggesting? I'm suggesting that you probably aren't in quite the right place to be able to enjoy this sort of game. Right, okay, fine. But the, Japan. The, I mean... But also, my criticisms were fair. Yeah. Like, it, it does labour over characters that are pointless and boring. No, it doesn't, because... No, it does. From, no, from your perspective, oh, it does it's that. that. But then from another perspective, it's just a different way of, st- of telling stories, which you which you don't like, is is basically what it is. Yeah, I don't I don't like it when meaningless characters are given more, like, insane amount of airtime. I don't like that. Like, it's you, you insane like, amount of, of dialogue. Like building, you don't like building a world and, like, you know, they're actually... What was it building, people... James? What was it building? Well, you wouldn't know. Why was I chatting to the dad of that little boy who went into this whole backstory about... Like, it was dull. Like, it just went on for too long. Those bits went on for too long. I don't need two people, car- like, teaching me moves, each of them being as boring as the, as the other one. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't need that. The second guy, I, I don't care about that guy's weapon shop. You I are don't the care only about person that I know who thought who thinks all that stuff's boring. You're the only person to do, and it's only just because you have no attention span at all, like for this sort of stuff. You just—I'll like, admit that. Yeah, my attention span is shit. I—I I totally hold my hands up to that. But don't sit there and just bang on and on about nonsense. That's my listen, developers. You want to get a game past this man? Yeah, be quick, be to the point, and make it fun. Yeah, and, and probably no mahjong. Anyone that raised right. his meeting has to show us their indie game. Think about yeah, it. if you think you're turning up to a live podcast at Res, you're wrong. It's just going to be me shouting at developers saying, just get to the fucking point. Um, okay, cool. Next, you got anything else on that so, little list? That was fine. Um, I had some feedback from that Matt. Was fine. Was um, James, I, I mean, it's been long enough now. We've got to get over this. But What's what? What are you talking about? Just like you're still trying to dig me out after Christmas, but... Go on. You don't know what he's going to say yet. Go on, James. Well, have you mind? Do? The first thing I, I wanted to talk about is Matt. How do you? I was quite interested in the way that you pronounced um, Ravenholm uh, when you were talking about it like last week because you were talking about Half Life and you said Ravenholm and I thought that's quite quite an interesting way. Like you know, thinking lots of ravens flying around all over the place. Ooh, <laughs> put you there. That's that's cutting. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. got you there. You but got also, there. oh the god, other- I don't know how I'm going to carry on. <laughs> well, speaking of carrying on, the other thing I was wondering about is how's Monster Hunter going, Matt? Because um, <laughs> that is a fucking good point. <laughs> oh no, uh, no, I'm probably going to get into this. Yeah, no, I'm loving this. I haven't got time for. I, I haven't gone back to. I'll be. I've had a, a shitty week. I have not been around much. So, haven't been playing it. Uh, haven't played it since I last played it. Was, it's it. It's. I mean, it's unbelievable. Is it, it unbelievable? It, yeah, uh, no, it's not. It's perfectly believable. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying there. No, yeah, that's exactly what idea. Matt Murray would do. Okay, cool. And obviously, I'd like to see a picture of Matt with his skateboard helmet on. Can can that happen? <laughs> you don't need to. He just all over stream. Twitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, you, he turned up with it on uh, when he went to Anna Londo. <laughs> really? Yeah, I didn't see Not last night's stream. It was stream four. It's absolutely. It was an absolute madness for like two and a half hours. James, what, what if this was the main chat in the in his Twitch chat, or whatever? And what if you had to guess what color would do you think his helmet was? Oh, it's not red. It it's not on. red, is it? No, a lot of people are saying red. John, did you see his helmet? <laughs> what a question? Um, it's yeah, it's grey, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, I thought it was silver, but that was close enough, I thought. <laughs> when he turned up with this little grey helmet, it was hilarious. <laughs> Bless him. And then he spent half an hour saying, no, it wasn't my wife that forced me to wear this. I wanted to wear it. Just I don't believe that for like... a second. Yeah, I, I don't, don't believe that. <laughs> that's not what, that's uh, not no, what those no, YouTubers that, that was, do. That was all me. That was all me. <laughs> I could just Go imagine then, you, Matt, going out your house and just like hearing, have you got your helmet, Matt? Yes. Although just, you know. <laughs> um, hopefully that's the end of your list, is it? That, that is it, yeah. Good. All right, cool. Let's get to what the listeners have to say. It's time for a little game. Oh, right, okay, so we're not doing the feedback from the listeners? We're do- okay, we did the feedback from the listeners. John, he is way too eager, and he? This I is mean, weird. You did, like, you did pretty, put it out, you know, right out there exactly how we were going to do it, and it's just completely ignored you. <laughs> I know, I know. Go on, go on, Matt. Well, well, we, no, let's, last let's time you said I was a really bad host. This this time I'm bringing oh, no, it up. We can't I'm, do feedback, know. game, and then back to feedback. I mean, yeah, you do don't that. see Chris Tarrant just cutting into Coronation Street and going, can we just start now or no? Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> yes, you do, because often they say, like, and after, after Corey, we're here for who wants yeah, to be a millionaire. After Corey. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do this after Corey in the show. This, this must oh, be great God. for the, those Dash listeners. Yeah, listen to <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, that's it. Dash Radio, get it right. Right, go, go. Um, well, obviously, speaking of Dash Radio, we had loads of great feedback uh, about it. First of which comes from Mickey Fecking Duffy. 15 minutes into Let's Computer Game Pod, and it's fecking painful listening. The Yanks will be turning <laughs> off in droves. So thanks for the feedback, Mickey. Um, I like to think we're doing the best we can. I just took a big swig of drink then, and you read the name out. I'm sorry that... <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That was funny. Go on. So yeah, uh, f- uh, thanks for feedback, Mickey. We will uh, keep up the the good work. Um, <laughs> speaking of this Dash Radio thing, uh, Bob Bonker tweeted in to say, "Is this a Matt Murray thing? Because I have no idea what this means. It feels very youth." Um, that wasn't wasn't me actually. It just it just it's just it's just an opportunity to happen. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. Um, Mark from Wigan emailed in. I've just come out listening. Um, oh, we also had loads of good like feedback and say congratulations about Dash Radio. Thank you for that. Uh, Mark from Wigan emailed in. I've just come out listening to Razd. A great episode as always. But I found James Farley's Xenoblade Chronicles two comment a bit weird. He said, "Oh, I don't like." Sorry, I do the voice. <clears throat> uh, uh, I don't like Xenoblade. Because I don't like JRPGs, where a bunch of teenagers save the world, said in James's dark voice. Isn't this the same James who said, uh, uh, Persona 5 is probably the best JRPG I've ever played, and selected it as his 2017 Game of the Year shortlist? Something doesn't add up, James. Go on. So you read a lot of praise for the stuff, and then just something that slags me off. It's. I've only just been back. All right, back. no, don't get bitter about it. Address the point. Some of you didn't read. Like, really okay, well, the point is, that in- is if Mark from Wigan thinks that Persona oh, Five is anything like Xenoblade Chronicles Two, then he's crazy. No, that's not different. what he was saying, though, is he? He was saying that your criticism could be applied to a game that you loved. Yeah. So it, what? Look, for the, I, I well, mean, not really. That's a the, fair comment. Not really, because the plot is still quite considerably different. As are like the setting, you know, the theming. Everything is like totally different, you know, to, to that. I'm sure so it is. But what what he's saying is that your main complaint was, oh, it's teenage people saving the world or no, whatever. My main complaint was that the battle system was confusing and all the tutorials were awful and it didn't look that good. I had a whole bunch of things. If you go back and listen but you to it, it was not like JRPGs. No, I didn't say that. You know, that's not true at all. No, no, you would never say that. To be fair, to you never know. Never, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Martin Wigan has shown you right up there, James. Well, he uh, hasn't, but go on. MS, well, yes. Uh, MS Rangers 99, uh, 999, in fact. Uh, he said, uh, let's just some info that there is a Crossing Souls demo for out for the P- PS4. 
Uh, J- Dave, okay. uh, John, you were talking about Owen uh, for a, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, on... Yeah, and then I played a bit more and went off it massively. So. Ah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, really just demo. Demo. That's Is it not good? Uh, I, I'd still need to play more to, to give a full and frank opinion, but yeah, it, it felt like it dropped off a cliff a little bit, and then I read a bunch of reviews, and they all kind of went along the same tack as I was thinking, so I was like, yeah, I've got too much other stuff to do. Yep. Yep, fair. About it. Okay. Sam Quirk uh, tweeted in, uh, agree with John Denton on Celeste, uh, though I think explicit statements on them. Oh, so yeah, so this is, uh, we talked about Celeste a few weeks ago about how, how it approaches mental health subjects, uh, um, and, and, and in a way, and, and, and anxiety in a way that I think is really good. And John agreed. Uh, Sam says, I agree with John Denton, although I think explicit statements on the mental health narrative are important in delivering a message to all players. Uh, Sam actually wrote his own piece about the whole thing on uh, trueachievements.com. So just search for uh, Celeste on there and you'll find it in the news section. Uh, Sam says really powerful stuff for him. Uh, yeah, I mean it is it is powerful stuff. I still stand by what I said, but I understand Sam's point, and I think I kind of made that in in what I was talking about as well. That yeah, perhaps it does need to be explicit enough for people, you know, enough people to to truly get what was going on. Interesting that you said you liked it, Max. I'm pretty sure you haven't got to that bit yet. Well, um, the, I don't know, but the 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 subject. Oh, Matt, Matt, not again, mate. <laughs> no, 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 that subject is for, it's for the whole game, not just not the end of the game. Yeah, but the bit where it's explicit is is oh, well, towards the end of the game. Well, I haven't got explicit bit, but it's very clear the game's about that. Okay, Matt. Okay, <laughs> mate. I, think, I mean, you, you you did just sound like you were just trying to sound cool, but I'll let you off. Did you <laughs> know that my six year old son? Did you know my six year old son is now further than you in uh, both yes, Super I Mario get Odyssey about and Celeste? Good, good. <laughs> um, I I I don't know. It's that. I mean, I've not played the game, so I, don't, I can't judge it. But oh, um, a great it, ending, Dave. As I, as I said, the 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 um the balance, getting that balance right, must be so difficult. Trying to you know make that point without explicit being like too in your face, but at the same time worrying about it. yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a, a difficult t- it's one. Nothing I think criticism is it's, yeah. it's a tiny yeah. criticism. Yeah. Okay, Tom Pollard. Now, um, Tom did uh. He said he sent this he sent this email. Also another email saying, "Look, I, do, I, I know it's hard to like you know gauge um, sort of uh, tact and sarcasm in an email. I obviously love the show, love everyone on the show, and I don't mean it to sound mean. Having said that, here's email. I've been listening to you guys and all your podcasts since the original Joypod days. You I don't loved- need to put on a funny voice; just read it out." I've loved every minute. I don't want to sound negative, as I still listen every week and I love the podcast, but my feedback is centred on Matt and his role on the podcast in the last few weeks. It seems that he's now playing a bit of a character. He seems to talk over people, interrupts people constantly, he makes awkward jokes and sounds that, <laughs> he makes awkward jokes and sounds that stop the flow of the show. And it seems he always wants to sound like Ricky Gervais for some reason. All this can seem a little, little bit jarring at times. Um, I mean... I'll continue in a minute, but basically, I've been doing a, you know, I've tr- I've been trying to do all those things since I first started podcasting like eleven years ago. So, this this isn't anything new. I mean, okay. me making awkward jokes and sounds, yeah, that's been there from day one. Stopping the flow of the show, day one. Ricky Gervais. So, I think that's more of a day thing, the, but uh, I'm the jokes, so, yeah, the jokes I don't mind too much. It's the it's the sounds is is the thing that I just don't. Well, what are the sounds? I don't really follow that. What what sounds does he make? I don't know. It's just from time to time there'll be like sort of like you know he does that stuff and all that kind of thing. And, you know, <laughs> no, but that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. I like that that's, stuff. That's still funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. Anything else? Oh no, I just I'm not a, not a fan of that. I mean, as I said, the jokes. I mean, usually they fall flat because that's usually what happens. But you know, it's sometimes it breaks up the rhythm a bit, which can be quite. I don't nice, think I they think. always fall flat. I mean, I, I, maybe I should be more selective, but I just like you know. 
throw as many out there as possible, see what sticks. Okay, fine. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Tom's email continues. It seems a little like he's under instruction to make everything a joke or sarcastic, but to the point where we are losing his genuine voice and opinions. Matt has always been fantastic on the show. Thank you, Tom, uh, as well as the others. Uh, but his recent change has felt a bit strange. I genuinely love the show and Matt too, and I know it sounds harsh over email, but it's genuinely not. I just wanted to inquire about why the change in Matt's sudden personality and whether it is on purpose for character on the show. We love you guys, Tom P. Um, well, I mean, I noticed a difference in Matt, and it definitely come after the Christmas episode. And I think the fact Do you that blame he, me? well, is this whole villain thing, isn't it? And you think you, you know, you've got way into this whole, oh yeah, now I'm the hated one, but I'm going to embrace it sort of attitude. Um, and it just, I mean, I guess in tone it down would would help. But I'd, Do you know what I mean, I'd don't just be so fucking blatant about it. Just don't stop being turn such a dickhead. You know, it's like yeah, th- that's <laughs> a good shout. James, yeah. is it any wonder I've like suddenly flipped after how you mugged me off over Christmas on the Christmas on the Game of the Year show? Yeah, but you messed up. You mugged yourself you off, my friend. Yeah, oh, mistakes were made. Sure, you can't tell James to stop bringing it up a minute ago and then just bring it up yourself. That's ridiculous. It's true. It is true. Well, I, I can bring up about this because this is very much about that. Oh right, okay. Ooh, okay you so can make you your can own just rules. decide when to bring it up or not, yeah? I can bring it up if there's a relevant email about it, yeah. Okay. Alright. Okay. All, all I'm saying is that clearly the listeners have picked up on it. So y- you know just think about what you're doing. Well, you do don't want to become time. a character. Do you? Yeah. I can do what okay. I want, surely. Alright, fine, fine. Uh, is that it for feedback? Uh, that's it for feedback. Uh, if you want to email us, it's thecomputergameshow at gmail.com or you can email, or you can tweet us at computergamepod on Twitter. Now, last week, we promised you a game and Matt, now it's now is the time that you can uh, we can go forward with this game that you've got for us. So, should we do that before we, what you've been playing? Let's, Let's go. This game is has been sent in by Ricky Cartwright uh, and it's called Metacritic Higher or Lower. I will talk. I will um, talk about a game and give you its Metacritic score, and then I give you another game, and you have to decide whether the other game is higher or lower than the first one. Right. Okay. Are we I all ready? This, How's this going to work? This is going to be a group exercise. How's it going to work? Well, I guess you guys have to confer amongst yourselves. Right. So right. So we've got. A, okay. Gotcha. So we're yeah. all on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. You're all on the same team here. Yeah. Okay. okay, it seems less one. entertaining, but yeah. fine. Let's Way go. Worse, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I know it is proper worse, isn't it? I mean, well, you could all guess separately, but I don't think that really work either. Why is that? Because we're all going to guess the same thing, and then nobody wins. Exactly. Anyway. I ridiculous. mean, you've already lost the. If this is a pilot for a game show, you've this already is a pilot it. for a game show. I've recorded it on the weekend. Right. First question: <laughs> The recent hit release, Monster Hunter World, has a critic Metacritic score of ninety. Is Shadow of the Colossus higher or lower? Right, I'm going lower with that. Lower. I don't know about you guys. Lower. It's got to be lower, low, lower than 90, surely. Is this the original PS2 release? It just says, is Shadow of the Colossus higher or Unbelievable. lower? Unbelievable. See, okay. I don't know. I, see, I'd, I'd probably go for higher because it was getting 10s everywhere. Like, everyone was going, for the remake anyway, the most recent one. This is why yeah, we should do not... individual ones. Yeah, okay, right, right, okay. Let, let's do individually and then we'll oh, talk about it. Oh, fucking Yeah. Let's just do it individually and we'll take off scores at the end. Oh my god, no. I <laughs> thought it was like a one-off the other time. But I know, is, I know. Yeah, I mean, do you, what did he say next time I'm going to be the best host in the world? Last yeah. week he said that. I think I'm going to go lower. Dave. 
Bang on, hang on, John. Can you, can you just clarify, though? Is this the, the remake or the original? I can't clarify. He's not looked into it. That. It just says his shadow clauses higher or lower. Yeah, but which one? Like, you know, the, Mickey Carr, right? It's probably the me. new one, isn't it? I'm the host, not the writer. Go on. Well, who, who's guessing what? Well, James is guessing. I, I guess higher. And you go the same lower, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's higher, with a Metacritic score of 92. Right, yeah. one point yeah. to James, okay. Okay, y- Yakuza 0. Is it higher or lower than Shadow of the Colossus? Lower. Lower. Well, so what, hold on, what was... What was... What was Shadow of Colossus had a uh, Metacritic 92. of 92. Right, okay, so Yakuza 0 is lower. You're saying lower? Yep. Yeah. It's lower with 85. Well, uh, 85 Celeste on okay. the Switch, is that higher or lower than 85? Higher. Um, uh, lower. Higher. It's higher with 92. Oh, well done, John James. FIFA 18 for PS4. <laughs> he, he's, put, he's, he's started putting in uh, platforms. Is it higher or lower? Than lower. Celeste. Lower, definitely lower. What was lower. Celeste again? I mean, Celeste is 92. It's 92, yeah. Uh, so lower, yeah. It's lower with 84. Okay. FIFA 18 for Switch, is that higher or lower than FIFA 18 for PS4? Ooh, lower. Lower. Tough, but I go lower as well, yeah. It's lower with 68. Farpoint, is it higher or lower than FIFA 18 for Switch? Lower. lower. Oh, it's higher with 71. Higher. It's higher. Oh, you didn't, higher. Even, didn't even get a chance to do it. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd already answered. Go on. Uh, future unfolding. Is that higher or lower than Farpoint? What was Farpoint? Christ. Uh, it was 71. What was that you said on your breath there, Matt? God, I'm going to go... Who's next? I'm going to go... I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to I'm going higher. No, why are you rushing us? We, it's, 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 the whole game's going to be over in about eight seconds. Yeah. I'm going to go lower. Okay, who went higher? Me and John. Okay, well, it's lower with 67. All right, well done, James. <laughs> Night in the Woods. Is it higher or lower than Future Unfolding? Higher. Higher, higher. It's higher with 87. And the final okay. one, Arms. Is it higher or lower than Night in the Woods? Lower. Higher. Higher. It's lower. Oh. Oh. What's the final score, Matt? Yeah, what's the final score? Um, I mean, I wasn't lying down the scores. Fucking hell. What was the point of that? Fucking hell. I don't have a pen. He's the worst game show host of all time. Basically, listeners... Listeners can work it out and then tweet me and I'll announce the results later. I'll tell you what the scores were because I wrote them down. In last place was me with five. Uh, second mm. place was John with six, and in first place was James with seven. So it's well quite, quite close, yeah. I think. It was, well, it was good a great game. game. Thank you, Ricky Good game, Carter, almost right? absolutely destroyed. If Matt had his way, I'd be saying then, uh, in first place is us three with <laughs> seven <laughs> points, and that is it. That is the end of the game. Okay, if anyone else wants to do another game, um, basically make it easy for me to understand, make it so I don't need a pen... <laughs> And also make it so those three against each other because they, they don't they can like, help they don't you like in it when they're ways. one team, okay? And all listeners, they don't like it when they're one team. So they can just... help you in those ways, Matt, but they can't help you by you shouting out the answer before anyone's answered the question. No, but like, if, you can't... If, you're, if you're creating a game for this, just like, give me some instructions about when, you, when I should say next round, how long, <laughs> explicit yeah, like, rules. Changing email, the rules you. as you're doing it, Matt. What, why did you do that again? <laughs> Fuck it, you're not on a team anymore, right? You're all individuals. Right. <laughs>
again, if you okay. email us, thecomputergameshow at gmail.com. Give me a great game, easy rules, explicit rules, and I'll read out on next week's show. James Farley, you've yeah. not um, right, you've not guys, been on for a couple of weeks. The, before we do the news, sorry, did anybody else get a message from Adam Capone regarding games? No. no. Why? Right. Okay. Um, he DM'd me, which is weird because obviously I've never spoken to Adam, but um, yeah. he DM'd me, so I'm going to read it out if that's all right with everybody. Well, you can. He unfollowed me on Twitter this week, so I'm interested to see what he's got to say for himself. All right. Okay, I can mm, work out if there's a joke blood. or not, but maybe it's serious. All right, well, I'll read it out. Message for TCGS. My new game is called You Lose. I remember over 10 years ago when I directly showed enthusiasm with the main ones podcast, most known as Joypod. I was there with him since the beginning. This gaming podcast, sorry, this gaming podcast felt incredibly refreshing because he acknowledged the listeners invited them in. Joypod was not only successful because of the naturalistic emotions of the presenters, but because of the input from the fans such as myself. I even came up with the name Joypod. I even went to the main one studio at Play Radio to record a show. I appeared on multiple podcasts. I even reported for him live at E3 once. I created endless features. I have done countless edits of the show that always proved to be a hit. When last week the main one couldn't understand my game, I couldn't understand why he just didn't ask before the show. Instead, he just read my email out rather than even attempt to make it into an actual game. It's like he just wanted to get on with the show, even though I clearly stated that the game would only take 2 minutes and 18 seconds. Not a long... (laughs) (laughs) Not a long time for all the accumulative hundreds of hours I've put into Joypod and TCGS. So... After Matt Murray and the main one have made me look bad on an international stage, I want to announce to the world that you both lose, along with TCGS as a show. I've effectively terminated our connection on Twitter and Discord and will no longer have any involvement with TCGS. This is probably my last message ever. Lastly, the one and only way you can ever redeem this is to get together one day, be it next week, next month, next year, or in many years, and read the email where I explain my game titled Back to the Future of Gaming. Together, get an understanding of what the game is, then play it on a podcast, followed by each presenter saying, that was a fun game. Then together, (laughs) (laughs) together, clap for a total of 30 seconds. Goodbye from your longest running and most hardworking fan, Capone Adam. Can everyone tweet Capone Adam and just call him an idiot, please? Um, I love you, Capone. Uh, that's why I love you for DMs like that. The fact that you've wrapped in John, who must have received that DM and thought, what the hell is going on here? Why is he DMing me? And what is all this nonsense? Uh, why don't you just call him Dave for a start? Okay, cool. Right, okay. That's it. Should we do news? Yeah. Okay, so I've actually got some news together this week, because um, John didn't last time, so I thought I'd, I'd try all right, all right. really hard this time. Before we continue, Eurogamer, Matt, Eurogamer, Eurogamer, Polygon, yeah, Muddy yeah. Helmet, yeah. you're you don't, you don't have to defend him. You know, he can, like, defend himself. It's like, you know... All right, go on. Go on. Okay. So the first one I've got is... Uh, so Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank are on for PS Plus um, this month. But PS3 and Vita are going to get the chop in a year's time. Yeah, this was a weird one. Was it? Well, it's not a weird one. I, just, I think it's, a, like, a really overly... Like... When I first read it, I thought, oh, God, right, so they're cutting PS... Like, because obviously the, the quality of the games they're putting on PS Plus is a lot higher than it's been the past couple of years now, right? For the PS4, at least. Um, 
And when I saw the headline and PS3 games and PS Vita getting removed, I was like, right, that's why the quality's gone up. They're going to pile it into two games a month now, and it's just going to be PS4. Kind of makes sense, but, you know, whatever. And then I read they're not doing it for another year. Like, they're not cutting out PS3 and PS Vita for another year. That makes and I was sense, like, though. I know, yeah, but fair play to Sony. What a way to do it. To turn around and go, right, you've got a year of this left just to prepare you for it. Yeah. So it's a good PR move, really, to just announce it think, this early that they're going to be taken out. I mean, it's probably for people, like, if somebody's just bought a sub or whatever, I mean, who's going to do that? But somebody probably has, you know, like for PlayStation 3 or Vita or whatever. So, you know, they can't really complain and say they haven't had, like, you know, a full year of it or whatever. But it's, mm. it, I mean, but I mean, the odd thing about it though is that they are going to get rid of these. So does that are they? Does that mean they're going to add extra stuff to PS4, like you know, after the year or not? Well, they, they've, they've added the they've added the PSVR stuff, haven't they? So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like they've not added it. And to be honest with you, I'd rather like the. It's hard to say the quality of the games, but like sort of bigger titles is probably the right way of putting it. I'd rather have two bigger titles than have it spread out across three different platforms. So, I mean, I mean, not everyone would agree with me, but those two games this this uh, month are really good. And if you've not played Ratchet or Clank, um, then I would definitely play it. It's really good, and it looks stunning. Like, if you've got a, a PS4 Pro, then it'll, that especially that first world will blow you away. Do you away. say Ratchet or Clank? Ratchet did, and Clank. Yeah. yeah. If we yeah, ju- it, okay. it looks great. Yeah, it looks great. I want to play Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, have you not played it, Matt? No, I've seen it, but uh, I've not played it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Yeah, it looks um, absolutely stunning. Yeah, and then and then of course Bloodborne's incredible anyway. So um, get on that. I assume you're going to be playing that, James. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that because I never played it, and I was I wasn't expecting it to come out on this. But um, there's this, and also Mighty Number no. Nine, which everyone can now play, which is dreadful. Oh, uh, you played that, didn't? Didn't you review that? I did. I did review it. It's um, it's a really bad game. Which was a shame. Mm, okay, fine. Well, you can't have it all, can you? Yeah. So we got that. So that's um, that's going to happen next year. But until then, I guess we won't really find out if they're going to like up the count or not, or if it's going to be the same. So the next thing we've got is uh, Switch is a year old, and uh, they celebrated this by wiping out all everyone's play counts. Um, oh, know, have place. you checked this? Because I was only looking at that on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, yeah. it's it's okay because apparently it was a bug, and um, they're gonna it's going to be fixed. Um, but it's a bit odd that this happened. But also, I don't really understand why people really got angry or upset about this because I don't. Oh, I, don't, I can totally see. Because it. it's nice to have, and no other, and yeah, other yeah, consoles yeah. don't do it, and I don't know why I don't actually. Also, Matt, I want to see how many hours you haven't played of games you've bought. <laughs> 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 All of Matt ones are like played it for a little while. You know, it says that like certain games. Um, no, I, I mean, I was looking at the weekend, like how much I put into Mario Odyssey, um, and it doesn't show on Harry's profile because you he's, have to link um, it. You have to link it. You to have like to link it. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't linked into the, the the thing. But on my profile, it says I've played 120 hours of that game, and um, and to feel like that's if that just went, that would be quite. I don't know. I suppose it's meaningless. I see what you're saying, James, but mm. it's still nice to have. Do you ever check that, John? That's um, I haven't for a while. I was doing it with Zelda just to see how much I checked. But the way it updates is weird. It's only every five hours, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. really an exact count. So it was a, it was a little bit confusing. But uh, you, yeah, have to, I mean, you have to wait for a week to see how long you've been playing. Because it's it, 10 it, days, isn't it? Oh, is it 10 days? Yeah. yeah it's like, I always I've played like this time. Days, 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 like, okay, how many have I played? And, that's you know. weird. 
Um, yeah, it is a bit weird, but it's classic Nintendo. Um, but I, I like it because I've 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 worn it on all, all my other consoles, but no one ever seems to really have those like, Xbox has statistics. It? Um, does it? Xbox does oh, have yeah, it. If you yeah, go yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. If you go, if it, but yeah, it's, it's like a bit of a long-winded way deep. to get there, but it does yeah. say. Um, John, has have you linked Elliot's account to the network? Yeah, yeah, that's how he played Splatoon and uh, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So have you checked to see how many hours he's played of certain games? No, I should actually. If I had the Switch in front of me now, it's in the other room, I, I'd look right now. But um, That would be crazy. It's, like, it's, it's do you reckon it'd be insane? I had a look to see how long Ash has played Mario Odyssey. And Go I on. dare not tell Chen, because she'll be absolutely what furious. Is it? It's, um, well, it's more than me. I mean, his, his count is higher than mine. I mean, mine was about 60-odd hours. This is around 110, which is oh, a lot. That, I mean... To be fair, that's not really far off what Harry's played, yeah. and uh, I haven't checked his profile yet. So between us, I reckon we've clocked up nearly uh, 200 yeah, hours on it. It's, um, yeah, it's a lot. That's God knows what bigger. it is. is. God knows. <laughs> 4,800. <laughs> Imagine him losing that number. I'd be well up soon. Uh, okay. So yeah, so it's it's a year old. I mean, what what do you think about this? You know, I mean, Dave, I mean, how do you feel about the first year? Well, oh, it's been incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It's been incredible. Like they've they've really come out swinging. Like, they've absolutely smashed it. In fact, I've been playing um, Mario Plus Rabbids, and uh, there's something about it that makes it feel like it was. It, it's got that feeling about it that of of a, a um, launch game, like a like a launch day game that would, mm-hmm. like Ubisoft would put out because they usually put out a Rabbids game uh, for launch consoles. They did with the 3DS and. Um, and they have done in the past. I it feels like a launch day game that maybe Nintendo stepped in and go went no hang back a little bit to spread those games out a bit because it come out what two months after the Switch came out or was it a little bit more shit no it was after E three wasn't it it, it was yeah it's a bit further longer yeah yeah oh maybe it wasn't then maybe I'm just getting my times mixed up in my head either way it's not important I can't believe that it's felt this good like to 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 own for this year because when they initially announced it we were all excited then they did the massive reveal thing and it sort of um but like my excitement sort of bombed and i i really wasn't you know interested in it um since i got it i mean i even turned around to you this weekend matt and i was playing rocket league um on the switch and i just went this console is just just nice to use like it's instead yeah, just, just to sit here and play rocket league it just it feels nice to hold and it's nice to look at and um it's just one of those devices that you look at and you go you know that's that's actually really nice to just hold in my hands and play games with um so yeah i mean and then you look at the the sales figures and you go well they've smashed it haven't they so far um this year looks a little bit less intense for games but who knows what they've got up their sleeves i'm sure they've got plenty of games that they can just whack on the table and go there you go crack on um yeah Yeah, i mean aside from like the online nonsense they just pretty much smashed it didn't they this year i I can't really see i I could have done any better i mean that does concern me because it's my rocket league machine when i'm not at home um and you know so i i've got no choice but to uh, pay for it but I suppose it won't affect how it plays. It's just going to cost me £20 a year or whatever it is. How about you, John? What's your analysis of the Switch for the first year? Pretty much the same as everybody else's. You know, what a fantastic year. I mean, two, well, one of the best games of all time, a, a, a truly superb Mario game on top of that, um, an amazing new franchise in arms, a brilliant Splatoon sequel, uh, plenty of surprises, a ton of indie magic, big games like Doom, Rocket League, Skyrim making it across. Um, and personally, like, has been 
the savior for me in numerous journeys. Like I hate flying. I don't, I don't, I'm not scared of the plane crashing. I'm just really claustrophobic and I hate being trapped in a thing. So having that as like the ultimate distraction is, is really, really good. Um, same on trains as well. And even journeys that I'm not stressing out, just, they just have evaporated, especially when I was playing Breath of the Wild. I mean, that was, that was amazing being on a packed train back from London, all sweaty, yeah. hot, horrible. Uh, unpleasant and then just disappearing into into this world and just you know being basically transported away from the environment i was in so um uh, an amazing machine truly amazing but it's going to be interesting to see what year two holds because right now it doesn't have those absolute landmark games on the horizon but that doesn't mean that's not necessarily an awful thing you can't expect that every year so it's almost unreasonable to expect that at all really you know more than every two or three years if that so uh it's going to be an interesting 2018 and early 2019 for sure. God, we say it every year, but I mean, when it comes to E3 this year, I'm so excited to see what they're going to pull out of the bag. Like, what, what, what they're suddenly just going to, because I've got a feeling that they've seen the success of the Switch and just gone, right, fucking, let's develop a lot of shit for it. I mean, you can never tell with Nintendo, but like, that's the feeling I get. I, I, and, and we're forgetting Labo as well. I, although. I won't be rushing out to buy Labo because, uh, you know, it's not, not for me and Harry's a little bit too young. But I can only see that being a huge success. And the more details that come out about it, the, the better it sounds. Like that whole, that whole, um, you can, with the fishing game, that you can draw a fish and scan it into the game and then catch it in the fishing game. All that stuff we didn't know about. And it's like, holy crap. You can, you, you can design your own Labo games. Like you could design them flat out, like to do. Like, it just sounds incredible. Um, I can't so yeah, wait for that. that. I've got that. Yeah, I can't see that pre-order. being anything other than a massive success. To be honest with you, it's going to be good. Going to be good. Okay. okay. So next bit of news: uh, Battlefield this year is going to World War Two in a move that probably surprises nobody. But apparently, it's going to be called. It's either Battlefield Five or Battlefield V. You know, because it's V for Victory. You know that kind of thing. Um, Call of Duty World War Two was okay, but I just I don't know. I don't really feel enthused by this. What do you think, Dave? No, it's Battlefield. I mean, Battlefield's incredible, so it's going to be good. And you know, I think World War Two lends itself to the Battlefield formula more than World War One did. Um, but I don't know. It's Battlefield, man. They know what they're doing. It's going to be a good game. Um, see, because I'm more interested. I think it's more interesting to think about where um, Call of Duty is going to go next. Mm-hmm. So what, Call of Duty what's would the definitely next step go for Call of Duty? World War Two, surely, isn't it? Aren't they going back what, to Black Ops this year? They've done World War Two last year, though. Do isn't you reckon they're going to do that? Isn't this year Black Ops again? Are they going back to that? I don't know. They haven't announced anything yet, have they? Hmm. It's going to be. And didn't the last Black Ops like flop? No, it's well, a monster. You know, no. flop on Call of Duty. That's bollocks. No, but it, it, like, it, flop it was in the terms biggest of selling one. The one that the one that sold badly was well, badly by comparison was um, Infinite Warfare, Advanced yeah, Warfare. The space one. Yeah. Oh, the Infinite War. Yeah, no, Black yeah, Ops yeah. 3 was an absolute monster hit. All oh, mm. right, okay. I'm an idiot. Right, okay, fine. Uh, last piece of news is Nintendo started to allow user reviews on the eShop and then quickly backtracked on it. So what it was was they, they had added the ability to the website version of the eShop so you could leave reviews. But then five days later, they got rid of it. And Nintendo said that they said customer reviews have been taken offline as we evaluate this feature and its functionality. So... Yeah, people are kind of speculating, like, why why do this and then remove it straight away 
maybe I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to moderate all the comments. I don't, I'm not so sure because the the review what? form that they had was really really detailed. Like you could add like tags to the reviews and like star ratings and comments and that kind of stuff. So I mean that would have taken quite a lot of effort to sort of you know go through all those reviews and weed out all the all the sweary ones. Why why do it in the first? Why do these stores do these user review things? I've never understood it. Well, I mean, it's partly it's the idea of like moderation, isn't it? So that you can, you know, the better games should then get promoted more than ones that are not so good. But it gets gamed all the time, and then user reviews kind of become kind of useless, you know. But yeah, um, it's not so well, much moderation. Always- it's, it's it's about social proof, you know. If uh, also if you see. Yeah, if you read a review that and and that person comments about things that you might like, then you're you're much more willing to much more willing to buy it. So I can see why websites have them. But looking at this form that's on Polygon, yeah, it's far far too detailed. The, the moderation would be insane for this sort of thing. But it's just all I ever see of user reviews is just like either five stars or one stars. Yeah. So it just all feels meaningless to me. I never look at user review and go, oh God, but yeah, I mean, no, maybe I shouldn't. They probably figured out they need to do something though, because I mean the eShop is really starting to get quite. There's a lot of titles on there now, and there's also a lot of like garbage, and there is also a lot of good stuff. So they're obviously going to try and figure something out so they can promote it properly. Hmm. I, I would rather Nintendo instead of modifying user reviews, just like highlight games that are clearly getting good buzz and that that earning. Is that dodgy? I don't know. I suppose people don't want to be told by the seller what to buy. Um, they'd rather hear from other people, but I don't know. I've yeah, but just every never... other store does that, and it's paid for by the, it's the publishers. True. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Okay, they put it up and they took it down. Uh, that's a great yep. news story. Right. Thought you'd enjoy um, that. So that's it. I've got nothing else. Good. Well, um, seeing as you've been away for a couple of weeks, do you want to tell us what you've been playing? Have yeah, you, I mean, how are you getting on with Shadow of Colossus? Have you finished that now? I finished it, yeah. And that's Good. the how, first... What was your total rep- complete completion time? Like six hours? Oh, I think it was about six hours. Yeah, something like that. It really? Was, Jesus yeah. Christ. It was okay, not... What... You see, that was one of the things, though, because people were talking about like the disparity in like completion times between like the new one and like the old one. And there does yeah. seem to be about two or three hours between them, like in difference. I'm just wondering if that's because, like, visually, maybe the original on PS2 was like, a bit ropey, so maybe it was just more difficult to navigate the world, and it just no, took longer. I wonder longer. where you got that idea from. Is it, I mean, that was pretty much word for word <laughs> what John said last week, wasn't it? I don't remember. I wasn't listening. But anyway, <laughs> it's hard. But you took notes. I took notes of when you slagged me off, John, but uh, not when you were obviously saying very good things. Selective right. notes. Yeah. Redundant. <laughs> Go on. So, I mean, yeah, I did I did finish it, and I do find this a difficult game to talk about because of all the history there is behind it and the fact that, for everybody, it's like their most amazing game they've ever played and everything. Because although I really did like it a lot, there were a lot of things that really put me off from this game, particularly the last boss battle at the end, like, really killed the game for me to a degree. I, I absolutely hated it, and it made me feel so angry Like at different, at different what, points. What, in what way? I mean, I, it, it was definitely the weakest Colossus, like, in my opinion. The, 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 the platform, yeah, it was a bit like picky. I didn't really love it as much as the, the, the rest of the I game, remember it, it driving me, me to... fucking insane when I played that really? on PS2. Yeah, insane. Like, smash up the house. It was, when I was in a two-week period between what company I was working for, uh, going into administration and finding out whether I was going to get the same job at the other company, so it was quite a stressful time. When I was playing this game, and oh my god, yeah, the rest of the game I love. I hate that final boss. I'm with you there, James. Even though you hate it me was... now with all your notes, yeah. 
But um, it, I mean, no, it was yeah, just really okay. annoying because it was like through like earlier on in the game, I never had any problems with the controls at all. Like I think they they like re like remapped them or whatever for this release, and there was no problem at all. But for some reason, they just seemed to break for like this final for the final Colossus, and I just ended up really really hating it. Like it, it as I said, it made me fly into a rage like several times. It was I mean I was like you know recording videos of me doing it and getting angry and just it it really annoyed me. But I don't know. I mean. It is. I I did really enjoy playing it overall. Um, the world is like fantastic. It looks amazing. But then the other thing is that I didn't really feel like you know people like talk about how it has this like amazing like atmosphere, which it does. But then I never really felt like any incentive to explore the world apart from the fact that I was just going from one colossus to the next, you know, to like to, to you know to sort of take them down. Yeah. And I know yeah. that part of the exploration, that part of the point is that the exploration is trying to explore how to defeat the colossus. I understand that. But it's just the world is so beautiful. I want to see more of that. I wanted to be able to sort of climb some of the mountains and stuff. And I'm sure that it's because of like the fact that this was originally for PS2, you know, it couldn't do that maybe at you know, that time. But it just feels like a, a wasted world to a degree. Yeah, um, I mean, that. on PS2, it the the world was kind of sparse and eerie and the atmosphere was great but yeah you d- it didn't look like an area you'd really be interested in exploring just because it was just kind of barren and mm-hmm. lifeless and not just stylistically like, it looked like there was fuck all there it looked like you're like you're supposed to get to the colossus because there was so much more detailed and so much more impressive and the world just felt like a means to an end in that respect yeah, yeah. and it was the, like that plays into the story as well isn't mm-hmm. it because it's supposed to be a dying land that, that yeah. you know is just there's nothing in it but these colossi, which I kind of get. And I understand the criticism, and I'll never go against that. It never really bothered me because mm. I was so focused on getting to the next colossus that it, yeah, it wasn't really an issue. I didn't really feel that I needed to go exploring. But and I did initially when I first started playing that game. I was just getting lost, just going, "Well, I'm so what? What is here then? It's just nothing." Uh, but then once, like, I got over that first like half an hour of not knowing where to go, or what to do. Um, I was like, okay, fine. There's nothing out there. No, I'll just keep going to my next bit. Um, yeah, but no fair. But I mean, the Colossus like battles were obviously like amazing. Apart from the last one, I, I really, really liked the flying one. I absolutely loved it. Oh I thought, god, was... it is so good. I yeah. love that one. Yeah, but yeah. some. Overall, really good. A really good game. It's just I don't know. It, maybe it's because of the roots of the fact that it's you know based on something from quite a while ago. So many aspects felt like kind of limited. And I think maybe if I'd have played it originally when it first came out, I'd have different feelings about it. But it'd be a bit like now if you went back and played like I don't want to say it, but if you went back and played Shenmue or something like that, you'd be like, this is dated and it's got loads of problems. This kind of felt a little bit similar in that sense, in the sense that there uh, were. I don't know because I did play it way after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, it did feel dated in some ways. Like it didn't feel like a, you know, felt like it could have learnt from current sort of games or more up to date games. But it, I never, it never bothered me too much. I, I have got one question. Mm-hmm. What's the better game, this or um, the Last Guardian? Ah, oh, so I hate you asking me this because you're going to like crucify me because because <laughs> the thing is, is <sighs> this is probably the better game. Like in terms of probably, it's not bottled it. Like it's not totally. I kind of enjoyed the other one more, like in a sense, because the, so the part you're saying of the reason, better. Part, no, part of the reason for it is that I <laughs> see. I really like platforming. I really like love climbing and stuff in games, and I don't really feel like I got to the chance to do this as much as I wanted to in Shadow of the Colossus. Whereas, yeah, in, that was a problem with Shadow of the Colossus. There wasn't enough climbing. 
That is, that's a fair criticism there, oh. James. It just, just wasn't enough climbing in Shadow of Colossus, was there? I wish there was more bloody climbing in that game. I like climbing. <laughs> I just like doing it. It's just, you know, it's fun, isn't it? James, but you spend 90% of the time climbing. fucking climbing. Yeah, but you're just the whole game. game. You're just climb climbing up thing. like, you're climbing up like these, you know, monsters, aren't you? You're not like climbing up like massive yeah, you're not like, climbing up mountains a cliff. and stuff. I wish I was climbing up a cliff, John. This is what makes the game amazing, James. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> that, is that your response? I prefer noise. climbing up like massive, like those massive spires and stuff, and then climb and like jumping across from those like huge hanging glass things. I found that much more like exhilarating than than I did a lot of the other stuff in this. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, you like what you like, but that to me is the most insane statement. Well, it's fine. I'm not saying this. Is, I'm not saying this is a bad game. I'm just saying there are elements of the other game that I preferred. You see, it's I just, just like climbing on those little glass things as opposed to a great big moving fucking <laughs> animal <laughs> that, that animates perfectly and it's trying to shake me off. I find it much more exhilarating. I certainly find it much glass. more exciting than that last Colossus, which was just bullshit. I totally get the it. Worst. You, you didn't like aspects of it. I just, you know, um, it's a shame really because I genuinely thought that you were going to adore it. So it's, I'm a little bit gutted that you didn't fall in love with it the way I did. I, I didn't really go, like it. it happens, just, doesn't just it? not. I just didn't think it was the most amazing thing ever. It's uh, fair, yeah. fair. What else you got for us? Okay, so I also played Axiom Verge. Um, do you know anything about this at all? I've heard the name mentioned a lot, but I don't know anything this about. This is a Metroid type game, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Metroid style game, um, which it came out quite a long time ago. Like it's been out on pretty much everything, but I got it on Switch. The reason I got it is because I'd started playing another game on PlayStation Plus um, on the Vita that was called Exile's End, which is also another sort of Metroid style game, but it feels much more like an Amiga like style game. And I got quite bored quite quickly, so I figured I'd give this a go because everyone has been sort of raving about it. So. It's, I mean, it's a really competent sort of like recreation of like the Metroid and Castlevania style. And the best thing about it, I really felt, is that it, because usually with this kind of game, they often sort of copy the same sort of like ability sets that you get in, in stuff like Metroid and Castlevania, like, you know, double jumps and all that kind of stuff. And like, you get a nice gun to like freeze people and stuff. But in this, they really had a really nice sort of variety of different abilities that I'd not ever seen in this kind of game before. And for that reason, it was much more sort of enjoyable to sort of explore the environment because it really did feel like something new, but still with like this sort of throwback to the, um, like the older, the older gameplay style. It felt, Felt very fresh. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I finished mm. it. It took about seven seven hours, I think. And um, and it also, I mean, the other thing about it is it, it. I didn't feel like it was really sort of leading me by the hand all the time because that was the that's one of the other often common complaints about these sorts of games. Like more recently, is that they kind of show you where to go all the time. But this, I got lost quite a few times, and um, but in a good way because uh, it was just fun to try and figure out how to use so the you've, stuff. So you like you've been obsessed with these sort of games for a long time. When does that format? Like, how does that format keep fresh for you? Uh, what what does a game need to do to make it not just feel like another Metroidvania type game? I mean, predictably, it's got to be... I mean, the aesthetic has to be interesting, and it kind of is in this one, because they kind of... It sort of alternates all the time between this sort of 8-bit style and then sort of more of a sort of a 16-bit style, which is which is really interesting. But also, the like the visual style of this, they have... It's all like... It's kind of like H.R. Geiger kind of like machinery kind of like looking stuff which just looks really interesting sorry i'm really badly explaining this but <laughs> it, for me the main thing has to be like different methods of gameplay which is what this offers over other things like i said it has different tool sets which make it much more interesting to explore that's why i love this kind of game is because of the exploration i just being able to do that in in the sort of an environment which is all about atmosphere 
It's um yeah, mm. it's great. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Anything else? Okay, the last game I played um, is another game which... Uh, uh, okay, this game's called Detention, and you probably haven't heard what? of it. What? Is uh, it a Japanese uh, no, it's not. novel thing? No, or? no, it's not. And I'm going to have to... Okay, can I, just, can I just explain all of this without you interrupting me and getting annoyed? Right, go on. Okay. Touchy. No, because I know there's going to be elements of this you're going to hate, and you're going to get annoyed. No, don't worry so, about it. I know right. what this game is, James. Uh, don't worry about it. You, so, you, you've got an ally. Okay, that's good. Okay, so this is a 2D adventure horror game uh, that came out last year. I mean, it came out last year on Steam, but now it's available on the Switch for about a tenner. And the game is set in Taiwan uh, following the Chinese Civil War. And this is primarily one of the main reasons. One of the main reasons I was interested in playing it because very few games are set in this time period or explore like the White Terror uh, that occurred in Taiwan um, after the Nationalists uh, fled the mainland following the Communist Party victory. This is why I know you're going to enjoy this, Dave. Um, mm. Basically, I do have to give a bit of background to this because it it really helps to sort of shape like the game. Um, so, when the revolution was won by the Communist Party, the remaining nationalist government forces and their supporters left China for Taiwan, and they established the Republic of China, which is based in Taipei. Uh, so, they then stated this is like the legitimate government of the whole of China, and this is part of the dispute that is still going on now uh, between Taiwan and the mainland. So, the, these nationalist forces that arrived in Taiwan, they pacified the local population, and they were totally paranoid about the fact that the communists on the mainland were going to invade. And, and so, they instituted the White Terror, which was to purge the, like, the, the, sort of the people in Taiwan of like, maybe the people that are working with the mainland. So... This history serves as kind of a backdrop to the game, and it's really like completely linked with the story because as you you control these two characters who are trying to make sense of this sort of horrific situation that take, is taking place inside a high school. And what I really liked about this is it's the historical situation combined with like the Chinese myths of like the afterlife, uh, ghosts, and 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 particularly like judgment and uh, and suffering that result in this really really atmospheric but very simplistic adventure game. And, I mean, the game basically resolves, uh, solves, uh, revolves around um, sort of solving simple puzzles that you like to sort of pick up objects uh, with the environment. You find scattered notes that provide clues about how to progress a bit further. And although the puzzles are really simple, I didn't get stuck. And it's, I mean, it took me about three hours to finish the game, but it's just, a, I just found it to be a very, very interesting exploration of an alternative view of horror, fear and and sort of guilt that you get in this sort of game as opposed to things which have been developed in Japan, um, because there is quite a big difference between sort of uh, like traditional Chinese horror culture and, and Japanese like uh, culture as well. It's I really think it's worth it's worth a look. It was really interesting. Have you actually played it, John? No, I've not played it, but uh, that's given uh, that's made me even more interested in it. Um, I think I saw I think maybe it was Tamor tweeted about it. So yeah, I took a little look and I saw the price and I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in this. And um, I actually wrote a, my, my dissertation at university on Japanese horror cinema, so I'm, I've always mm -hmm. been interested in that that element. And it's interesting to hear you talk about the difference between you know Chinese and um, and Japanese in that respect, because I kind of in my mind just banded it all together, which is really ignorant, but you know that's just the way brains work sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I'm definitely intrigued by this. You said it was about three hours long, which considering it took you six hours to do Shadow of the Colossus, I'm going to say it's probably going to take me longer to do Detention, but. Um, <laughs> So you're controlling these characters and you're picking stuff. What exactly? You're just solving little puzzles. Yeah, what are you and stuff. doing? 
Yeah, you really, I mean, it, are, it is just sort of little puzzles. Like, you get sort of hints at where you're supposed to go next, and really part of the point is trying to figure out how to get there. Like, you know, there's, it's the typical thing of, like, you know, there's a locked door. Oh, no, you know, this, this locked door has a padlock, which is using, like, these specific symbols. So you have to try and figure out what the symbols mean. To do this, you have to, um, you know, uh, go to another area where they've got like there's sort of these etchings on a desk and so you have to like make a rubbing so you can like look at the symbols and they match the things on the padlock and you know that kind of thing okay and it's it's the kind of thing which is like it sounds complicated but it's really not it's like it's really obvious like where you sort of need to go next so what um, makes so it, it scary well this is the thing because i you see i played this um with my wife kind of like half watching it and she found it a lot more scary than i did mostly because a lot of the sort of the tropes they use are, again, they're like sort of traditional sort of Chinese ideas of horror, like particularly of like figures of the underworld, which to me, when I look at these, I don't really feel quite so like sort of terrified by it because they're not part, they're not rooted in like Western culture. So they're, they had more sort of significance for her than mm-hmm. they, they did for me. But the other thing that was interesting about that is that there was a lot of stuff which is like uniquely, well, not uniquely from Taiwan, but it's more because on the mainland uh, after the revolution, there was a like a huge effort over a long period of time to sort of stamp out like sort of what was called like feudal ideology and like feudal ideas. And all of these kind of things sort of fit into that sort of, that sort of framework, you know, this idea of like ghosts and that sort of thing. So there was a lot of stuff that like for my wife, like she'll watch this and she'll understand what it is, but she's like, it's not really, they don't have a lot of literature that's like based on that sort of stuff so much anymore. Like not as much as in like Taiwan where they've still like developed this sort of um, thing. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's for me, I mean, I found in the beginning, I found it more scary, but then after you start to begin to figure out what's going on, it, for me, it became much more interesting just seeing how the sort of the, the sort of the history that was going on was influencing the game. That's what I really got out of it. Okay. But that's probably just because I'm a bit weird like that. It's um because it's so, so. Can I can I ask right? So when it's a game that's clearly based on a sensitive subject, like mm-hmm. a real sensitive piece of history. Yeah. But it's adding mythology into it and stuff. Mm. How does it like cope with the sort of I guess tone and sensitivities around that subject? Well, this is what's different. Interesting because. I mean, in Taiwan, there's, they've got a different... I mean, I don't know because I'm not, like, an expert in, like, Taiwanese history because I've mostly studied the mainland, but, I mean, the society there is generally believed to be, you know, what it is, it's a great deal more sort of open than it is in the mainland. So, talking about... I mean, they've had, like, a whole, like, sort of truth and reconciliation kind of thing related to the White Terror, like, more recently, where the Taiwanese government has talked about the things that happened in the past and, like, the White Terror and stuff like that, and then they've sort of come to terms with the things that went on that were that were not good so there is like i think there's more freedom to be able to explore that kind of thing this kind of game like coming out of the mainland would be much more difficult i'd imagine um to get greenlit because it is some of these issues are still sensitive i mean part part of the the horror that's part of this game is the is it's related to the idea of like betrayal and which is yeah which and it does that very well no fair enough okay any more questions for james no, but I might play that. Yeah, let's go with a look. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, okay, Matt, what what have you been playing this week? Well, um, I I've been out for most of the week, so uh, didn't have much of a chance. Played Dark Souls, obviously. Um, I I hadn't. I, I started a game which I didn't add to list because I knew you guys would just take the piss out of me. So, uh, well, I what do you mean? I started playing The Witcher Three. <laughs> no, I was going to say no. You, well, you we won't take the piss, me. but no. 
Yeah, Matt. <laughs> Come on, it's, what is it? Another massive game? What made you play this? Well, I, I just had it. Um, it's one of the games I bought when I bought my ex because it's a X enhanced game, and I wanted to see what it was about. And uh, you know, if there's one thing I need right now, it's like a hundred plus hour RPG. So why? <laughs> so I started that. Um, it's only like an hour or so last night. Um, my God, it's it's such a gorgeous looking game. It looks absolutely stunning. So I, I know nothing really about it other than the fact that it's you know well it's um it's it's uh, well thought of. Everyone raves about it. I know it's going to be a Netflix show coming up soon. And um, I haven't really got involved in an RPG for a long time because obviously I don't really play games and I haven't got time for them. But you've never been what what about Monster Hunter? What about Monster Hunter? Well, that's not an RPG. And, uh, and Skyrim no. as well. You were, you're all in, up for the Skyrim before as well. well yeah, but I that haven't was played RPGs ago. for a long time, should I say. And I wouldn't really describe Monster Hunter as an RPG. It's more of like an action okay. RPG. Um, okay, it's not an RPG. But yeah, uh, I've only played like an hour, obviously, and I'm probably not going to play it again. But it, it, it's Why? No, I mean, that, that's a joke. I am clearly going to play okay. it again. Um, yeah, it, it, it looks absolutely stunning. And I, 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 when I just play this for a bit, I just think, I, I would like to just not play any other games. Just play this like one, you know, one hour a week, and that with me forever because it's like such an atmospheric game. Um, or we don't get in some Game of Thrones vibes. I'm sure anyone listening to this who's probably played it thinking like, I'm totally wrong. But uh, I, I already like the the production values for the uh, for the opening intro movie and the voiceovers all all, all seem fantastic and really bring into the story. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes just because I I know nothing about the game other than the fact that everyone loves it. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I, the only complaint that I had about the game is that I really didn't like the combat in it. Um, it, it it's well, what do you like felt, about it? It just didn't feel that tight. And I got into um, too many, like, I think... I think I got into too many moments where um, it felt like it was sort of level-gated, which these games need to be to some extent. I, like, I understand that. But there were bits in the main quest that I was like, oh my god, this is, I'm just dying, not through skill, but because my numbers weren't high enough. I, well, that's a bit of a shit thing to say about an RPG, because most of them are like that. But um, And it's it's a very minor complaint, really, because it didn't stop me loving it. I mean, but some of the, some of the quests saying, are so you're good. you're not powerful enough to be here, go somewhere else? N- no, it doesn't do that. No, it no, doesn't no, do but that. Isn't, isn't, they, if, you're, if you're getting absolutely smashed by an enemy, isn't that the game saying, look, you need to come back when you're more powerful? It does, but then there was moments where I was on a main quest that I couldn't really get out of, um, and I was fighting a boss that I I clearly was underpowerful. But I did, you know, I did kill it in the end. But no, not through. It was more through like sort of taking it really slowly. It took me ages to take him down. It was if you played it, it was the one in the cave. It was I can't remember what it was, but it was one in a cave and it was dying about all over the place and just taking me out left, right and say, I died to that about 20 times. Um, and then there was a werewolf at one point that I had to take out that, that kept absolutely tearing me to pieces. But yeah, some, I mean, some of the quests in it are, are, are really incredible and the places that it goes, what it does so well is it brings like these real life in- issues and, um, you know, complications in personalities and stuff, but sticks them in this sort of, ridiculous setting with these ridiculous storylines and the, you know so you've it always feels like there's um what they call it oh, what they call it the man of the people or something no that's not, yeah. that's not the phrase every man <laughs> yeah there's like every man in it that you just think um yeah i can relate to that even though they're talking about this really fucked up weird sh- shit uh yeah it is it, 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 it as well. if you see a mountain in the distance you can go to it or is it 
much more linear. Than I that. never did that. I never got to the point where I thought that I could just go traveling. Um, I was all, but I was, I played games like that very strangely. I, I, I like to get focused on things and, and go places. It's very rare that I go wandering for extended periods of time. Um, like I did with Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, this was, and, and not only that, because you could stumble into areas that you get absolutely caned on. Like it, it felt, uh, it didn't feel like Dark Souls. It wasn't as rigid as that for me. I would still go exploring, but like, you know how Dark Souls, you're kind of like, because you know, if you step in the wrong place, you're dead. You kind of go, okay, I'm going here next. And now I'm going here next. There was, I, I suppose there was a touch more of that in uh, The Witcher 3 for me, but it's still an incredible game. It's, it, it is really good. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see more of it. John, did you ever touch this? Yeah, yeah, I played a ton. I played about um, 20, 30 hours. I feel exactly yeah. the same way about the combat as you. Um, for me, it's just too... The combat is very light and it doesn't really... Yeah, that's yeah. the word. He, I don't yeah. like the fact that like, Geralt was a very grounded character, even though the world is fantastical as monsters and stuff like that. And obviously the it's very adult and, and very mature and sort of well-written, but he, he fucking floats about and spins about all the time when he's fighting and it's just it just i don't yeah. know you look like a dick and why are you doing 360 spins to to cut like some games you do 360 spins when you fight like bayonetta and you know it's like all part of that style and panache but it just it never makes sense and it doesn't feel good and um yeah i, I don't know it kind of feels like it's stuck in between um two camps in terms of like you have to do the stuff we have to prepare your sword and you know put the oils on and shit like you used to in the yeah, older yeah. games but then again it's this kind of light combat so it never feels as good as something like dark souls uh, but it never goes all the way into being like a you know broader action game and, and yeah i had the same situation as you like you'd be going through a story quest and then suddenly the boss feels like incredibly over leveled and you're just chipping and chipping away at it for ages and it's just tedious and um it's actually what put me off going back to the game unfortunately because the rest of it yeah like everybody else i love the the script and the world and the atmosphere and you know all the things that people rave about totally totally. i I would say definitely at least get at least get to the bloody baron quest map because that is um that's yeah that's all highlight i'll try my hardest i'm sick of starting games not finishing um and yeah, I, I play more Dark Souls. It's still fantastic. I I, I had one go of Wonstein and Samoa and stopped it because it was late last night. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. a good game. It's a good game. All right, is that it? That is it. Yeah. Um, that's funny because you've got another game written down here that we were going to chat about. Uh, I was going to hand it to you because you play fuck all else. We played Drop Mix this week. We did. Um, what is I mean, it, so. John, I assume you've heard um, of this. The main reason I was devastated I couldn't make it down this weekend because of the weather is because I didn't get to play Drop Mix. It's not because of Don't worry about ones. it, is all I've got to say to really? that. Do not worry about it. So Drop Mix is, is not a... It's sort of like half video game, half... Um, but I you don't call it a board game. So it's the new harmonics thing, um, and it's like a, a iPad game with a plastic peripheral thing um which is underselling it a little bit it's like this long panel with card slots on it and sort of sort of pads aren't they that you lay cards yeah. on uh and it's the simple idea to, to dumb it right down you get cards and in the cards they're chips and uh you set it up with an ipad or an iphone or whatever uh you connect it to this this sort of uh i don't know what, what would you call it matt peripheral so, yeah, no, but it's sort of like to describe it, it. It's like this um, oblong shape, black bit of plastic. It looks a little bit like a keyboard, and there's his, there's his, there's his uh, 
eight or there's his there's his bits where you put cards on basically and you yeah can, there's five sort of panels yeah, you, that you, you can, place you can rest on an iPad stuff. on it and essentially you watch and listen and play the game by viewing the iPad or the iPhone uh, and so at the same time each you're card, placing cards on the actual device. Yeah, each card represents different songs, and uh, the idea is is that you can place these cards in different play- parts of the board, and it takes bits of that song and mixes it into like a a sort of a mashup. So you can have like the drums from you know one song, you can have the lyrics from another, the guitar from another. You can have two lyric cards, and it it sort of mixes the lyrics together and stuff like that. And the technology is very. Um, very interesting and it works very well i mean the when you when you're laid down a card and you're not even looking at what songs on the card you just hear it instantly get dropped into this sort of um continuous mix of different songs um and the, yeah i mean of, like at first impressions i was like wow this really works i'm laying down cards the music's coming out of the speakers everything's like it's all registering perfectly on the um uh, on the ipad screen um this is quite exciting. But when it comes to playing the game, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because we watch the, the how to play videos and they make it sound so complicated. Yeah. Um, and they really go into way too much detail about what you're doing and they sort of chuckle the rules at you at once. It's really hard to follow at first. And we thought, are we going to get the hang of how to play this? Um, so we played the first game mode we played was uh, a competitive one. Um, and it was you know, Matt would lay down a card and I'd have to lay down a card. And there are different rules to what cards you can lay down. So there are, um, it's sort of a volume thing at the top left-hand corner of the card, one, two, and three. You can lay down a card that has one and that means that you can only lay one. Well, you can lay any card on a, a volume one card, but once it goes higher, you can't lay down a card that's got a lower volume. It's always got to be higher. Um, then there are uh, on the, each card, there's a different instrument and sometimes you have to lay down a specific instrument card and sometimes you have to lay down a different color card and all this sort of stuff. Um, so, But we picked it up quite quickly. It's just that it felt like we were having, we were influencing the music and that was fun for about 20 minutes and then after that it was kind of like okay but this is still a very basic color match you know there are different rules that you had to keep to but it yeah, didn't it, feel it, like it there was like much the music tactical sort of fell into the background and it, it was it was fun and it was cool to see how if i dropped a skrillex card they would add a bit of skrillex into a uh, bruno mars track or, or whatever's being mixed at the time it was like interesting and, and i think all of those sounded good and and they all worked really well but actually the music was you could arguably play this on mute probably in all honesty um and 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 still have like the basic basic game there um it was fun to have that music but i i felt like the music sort of fell into the background because most time you were just trying to make sure that you're placing the right Work color card which card to play the right yeah, color card on the right, on, on the right yeah. uh, section of the of the of the of the plastic peripheral uh, or making sure that you are right are uh, dropping card with a equal or higher level than one ever cards on the on the block so yeah it, it's weird really if you like the music sort of fell into the background and you can like save mixes you like and replay them later and whatnot and um, and, and uh, the more we played the you know we're, we're getting much more higher scores we're really understanding the mechanics of the game but yeah I, well I, that's it because we moved over to the party game which is a cooperative game between like we played it a free player game and it was it, the the idea with that it wasn't hey let's try and make some cool music it was 
the game would go, okay, lay a red card. Now lay a volume two card. Now lay, a, it was just telling us what to lay. So between the three of us, we were just laying down the cards. And then, and then it went, okay, well done. That's the end of the game. Try and get a higher score next time. Um, and it was, you know, it gives you points on how quickly you lay the cards. So there's a bit of, shit, what card have you got? I'll lay this one. You, right. And it was kind of like, I, I mean, if I'd have, it was like me standing at the end of the table with a normal pack of playing cards and going, lay down a queen. Well done. You lay one a queen, queen right now, a club. You know what I mean? It felt like that. Yeah. The game was so basic. Can you that... just play with the, the, the thing? No, I don't really care about the game. I just want to play with the, you can, you can the machine and the cards. But it feels like if you were going in for it for just that, then 10 minutes would be enough. Like you would look at the cards and go, okay, that, that did drop Katy Perry in there pretty well. Yeah. And then that's it. You know what I mean? I used like to play like... MTV Music Generator on the PlayStation 2, I think. And there was a mode oh, yeah, where you that. could kind of mix your own tracks live in two player. And there was like, yeah. fuck all beats, fuck all sequences. And I played it for hours and hours and hours. I just love stuff like but that. With that game, you probably had a little bit more control over what was going on. Like, could you select where the beat came in? And I suppose you could technically do that with this. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted. But, I just want to try it. You might, you know, you may well be correct. I just think that I've got a lot a higher tolerance for this sort of stuff. And it, it, I love, I just love stuff like this so much that um, I think I'd probably get a lot more enjoyment out of it. I've just seen some footage right, of a mate doing then, it, um, just not playing a game, just playing on his own. And I was like, fuck, I need to try that. But but then you get to the the other problem with it. I looked on Amazon today, it's 110 quid. And yeah, looking States, at what you get like, out of the box, all. I mean, that is a lot of money yeah. to try it out. But in the States, that's um, why I didn't buy it. But in the States, it's like $40 now or something like that. That's how, um, really? yeah, that's how Chet got See, it. See, because I, I said, I did say, we were playing with Chet, and I did say to him at the time, if this was 40 quid, that's a good price point, And that's something that I, you might consider getting just to crack out a couple of times, like with family and stuff like that. Um, the, the the other thing is, I mean, what what is nice is that you can buy card packs, uh, but again, they're equally equally expensive. They're like fifteen quid, I think, for a pack, um, which seems a lot of money considering how many cards you get in them. You don't get that. I think it's like twelve cards. Um, I'm just, it feels like there's not um, much of a game there, and the music isn't a big enough draw mm-hmm. to to keep me playing more than say half an hour. Um, which is a bit of a shame. I suppose if there was more people playing, it might be a little bit more fun, but I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I didn't fall in love with it. No, um, it was, it was cool technology, uh, and it was fine, but it, it didn't, it, it didn't make me want to come back for more. I mean, it being harmonics, I thought before having, having played the game, I thought we'd be trying to, trying to almost like feel like a star meter, a bit like, you know, rock band or something. So we're all like really working together to try and, to try and create this great big music together, but really it felt like the music personally just felt like that was just in the background and it was more just about, you know, you got to react, react quickly to get the points, you know, to drop your cards to get a high, higher score. So I don't know, maybe if I played it more, I'd enjoy it more. And I know those people do rave about it, but it didn't, I didn't fall in love with it, no way. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because we, we played it for about an hour and then we went, okay, we're done. You know what I mean? Like, And it felt like a good party game should make you want to play more yeah yeah um which is which is a shame but i don't know other people might like it i i just i wouldn't be rushing out to buy it especially at that price point no that needs to drop uh and if if it does then 
then uh, then maybe I'll pick it up. I don't know, just to see what my friends and family think of it. Okay, cool. Um, so I played that. I also played a bit of Trials of the Blood Dragon, which is a Xbox Live game with gold uh, game. I had no idea that this was a thing. I didn't know this is that I didn't see it come out, and I had paid no attention to reviews and stuff. Um, I really like it. I really like it. I mean, it's a bit clumsy in places. It's, uh, I mean, I'll explain what it is in a set, but it's a bit clumsy in places. But the Blood Dragon title, when it first came out for, was it Far Cry 3? Yeah. It was of the understanding that, okay, we want to make DLC for an existing franchise. Let's go crazy with it. Like, don't expect it to have anything to do with the game it's being linked to. We are going to be pissing about a lot. It feels a lot more experimental, and it certainly did with Far Cry. Um, so they've applied this to Trials, which is, if you've not played Trials, uh, was an excellent game on the 360. You had Trials HD, and then, uh, what was it, Trials Evolution? Was the yeah, ab- absolutely incredible one, John? There uh, was just Trials 2, and then there was Trials... Well, there's three, isn't there? Yeah, well, Trials, there was Trials Evolution on the 360, and then there was Trials Fusion, Trials Fusion I yeah. think it was, that was called, on the, on the Xbox One. So, basically, Trials HD was that bike game. It was a side-scrolling bike game where you're controlling the accelerating, the brake, and uh, the sort of um, balance of the bike. So, you fly up into the air, you see a ramp, and you've got to position your bike correctly to land on that ramp and continue going um it's addictive it's really hard in places really good fun uh, to play score attacks with friends and stuff and um, trials evolution come out and that that just was incredible it brought in the sort of custom-made tracks loads of um these little mini games that made it a lot more fun um and yeah just that's the best trials has been in my opinion because trials fusion come out and i played a bit of that and i was like i am not feeling this they tried to make it more explosive better looking obviously but it felt like it never got anywhere near where trials evolution was this because it had that blood dragon title i went into it thinking this isn't trying to be the next trials game this is trying to take the concept of what a trials game is and muck about with it and see what comes out at the end so um naturally it's got some weird story um the based around the war and you you play one of two twins like and it sort of alternates between them um the, the i don't know you, the story is told by a soldier that is already dead you know it's that sort of weird wackiness to it um and it's just the story gets a bit not great in but it it, it doesn't get in the way of playing the game it's just sort of there in the background and you can dip in and out of it as it's going on and um, but it does give a lot more freedom to what you're actually doing so you're not just on a motorcycle getting from a to b like you are in these games there's sections where you get off the bike and you're running around and you're shooting yeah and, i remember seeing yeah. that when it's unveiled at right. e3 yeah dave how, how are the on foot bits because that's the bits that i remember people sort of being saying were terrible it looks crazy. Crazy. yeah they're not they're not terrible i don't think they're terrible they're not um the the platforming isn't that great it's not no, not anywhere it, like it feels to jump it's definitely got a um little big planet vibe to it like the character's really floaty and when you're doing that sort of time attack platforming you want it to be a lot more zippy it doesn't feel like that at all um but they're few and far between uh, and it does incorporate the shooting aspect it, like you can shoot while you're on the bike on certain bits as well which is which is really cool because there are there are moments where you're going down a straight and you're thinking actually I need to slow down here to make make sure I get this shot to get to the next bit otherwise I'll be shot and I have to start this whole section over again um, and it also introduces uh, uh, 
different vehicles as well so there's like this massive great big uh six-wheeler truck thing that you have to all of a sudden the whole idea of balancing that instead of a bike it's a lot, the momentum's a lot slower and stuff uh that's pretty fun and it's got this really cool sort of remote control car one as well that flips over and instead of balancing like where you're landing you're you've got to sort of quickly flip between whether you're driving to the left or driving to the right and stuff it's experimenting and everything i've played has felt fun um and i've gone back to do missions again because i've enjoyed them so much and uh, of course when you do that it then brings all your friends ghosts into the into the race and all of a sudden you're focused on trying to beat their score and it's yeah i mean especially for a freebie i don't know how much it was when it come out uh so i can't really you know tell you whether it was worth the money or whatever um but the, i mean playing this game it, for free is just fantastic because it, it, it's just a lot of fun to play and the ideas that it's chucking in in there don't always work and i think you're right if there was a low point in the game it is probably the platforming bits but i, I it didn't really bother me because you know playing it for free it's and good then, job, and James then it loves moves platforming. on plays off. yeah I, I mean james did you ever get into trials I did, yeah. I played quite a lot of it on. Uh, on I would probably give it a go then. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth a worth a crack. And John, you've you've not played. No, I've not played it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely give it a go. Yeah, and it's got that whole sort of you know eighties neon film sort of vibe mm. to it, uh, and it pulls it off. I think. Um, I read a lot of reviews about it today, actually, just to see what the reaction was when it came out. And there was a lot of, it didn't get a great reaction. It got, I think it was a six Metacritic score, sixty or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, people seem to be complaining about certain bits, not like in certain sections. But for me, with Blood Dragon, it's all about that. Like when they apply that sort of name to it, it's all about them trying these weird things, and it will always, it, it will never be like hit after hit. There will be moments of it that you won't enjoy, but you know, to have that experiment, the stuff that comes out of it that is good is worth like them just chucking everything at it and seeing what works. I, I just wish they would have done more with the Blood Dragon stuff because they've only done it to Far Cry and tri Trials, haven't they? Yeah. They, they've got so much well, the like, new, under the, their belt. I mean, the, 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 the DLC for Far Cry 5 sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? They're not using that exact name, Blood Dragon. But What are they doing? I, I've not heard the, we talked about this, didn't we, the other week? We talked the, about the, two or three episodes ago. Yeah, like you go to Mars, you do something with zombies, and then something in Vietnam, I think. There's three different DLCs. Yeah, so all, DLCs. all the other DLCs are various, like, theme packs, really. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they did, didn't they do something similar with Wolfenstein 2 as well? They did... It was, like, completely different characters and... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, different little stories. But I, I, I heard the reaction to them hasn't been great so far. So, oh, well. All right, okay. And uh, the last thing I played, I played the Kirby All-Star Allies demo that came out for the Switch in the week. No, no um, all in John, that. you've played just, this as well, Yeah, just you? Kirby Star Allies lid. But Oh, right, sorry. No <laughs> yeah, I played <laughs> yeah, it as well. Sorry. I played it a little bit. What did you guys think? I like it, man. I think um, I played basically in co-op, just in co-op with Elliot. And I just thought it was a very... I've never really played a Kirby game before. I kind of thought I had, but I actually haven't. Um, a very just enjoyable, very simple um, four-player co-op game. There's no real challenge to the two levels. One of them is labelled as hard, but I mean, it's it's not at all. Yeah, it's really yeah. not, is it? Uh, but, uh, very charming, kind of funny. Uh, obviously, you play as uh, little Kirby, and um, you can pick up your little chums along the way, whether they're co-op partners or not, by chucking hearts. So certain enemies in the world have a little heart above them, and you can press 
Y or X or whatever it is on the Switch, the top one, uh, and chuck a heart at them, and then they just become part of your team, and then you can kind of get their abilities, and obviously Kirby can hoover up different people and get their abilities, and they all combine in interesting ways. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was cool. Like, I've had to play the demo through about 10 times now. It absolutely yeah, he just loves it. He just absolutely loves it. He thinks it's brilliant. He loves experimenting with all the different things, and, you know, he, he also finds it incredibly easy. But, um, yeah, just, I, I think it's like the first sort of first party game to come out of, uh, Nintendo this year. It's, it's going to be absolutely fine. I think we're going to end up getting it. In fact, I think Elliot's going to spend some of the money that he got from very kind people donating when he, you know, that whole situation we talked about the other week with his Mario video. He's going to use some of his money to, to get Kirby Star Allies. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably end up playing through the whole thing, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, nice, charming, fun, like, Simple kids game. I don't really. Yeah. Did you find it a bit too chaotic? I played it enough that I could kind of. I know what you mean with all the characters going on. There's a hell of a lot going on, but I played it enough that I can, like, you know, discern what's going on now. It gets a bit kind of Smash Brothers, doesn't it? In places, definitely. Yeah, it totally yeah. feels Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, it feels like Smash Brothers, the platformer yeah. at times, because um, there's so much going on, and that must be intentional. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. That's the that that's the sad. Thing about it, I guess I'm not really because I'm not a massive Kirby fan anyway. So I wasn't going going into this expecting to be blown away, um, and it probably did more than I thought it would. Like, so, like it made me laugh a couple of times how you could combine things. So you know, you you get abilities and you have to work as a team to sort of unlock special abilities, don't you? Like, so say for example, you've got a sword. Um, you can hold it up and someone can blow fire on it and becomes a fire yeah, sword. Yeah. And that means you could chop down bombs that, that also set the fuse off at the same yeah. time uh, and then blow up and uncover secrets. There's <laughs> there's one that turns you into, a, uh, what is it, curling stone? Yeah, is that yeah. the right way of saying that? Um, and that was pretty funny the first time it happened. Um, I just didn't know if there was enough there to make me want to buy it because, it, as you say, it was pretty simple to get through. And it didn't feel like I really didn't like the loading screens, but that often as well. Is that going to be in the main game? It's got to be. Yeah, right? there's got to so. be a representation yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And if that felt so not Nintendo, mm. like it was, I don't know. If all I would say is that I'm far more interested in y the Yoshi game they've got coming out than I was this. Yeah, I think that will end like, up being a better game. But I wouldn't. I don't. I, I don't think I'd be buying Kirby myself, but. Um, is Kirby full price? Yeah, Fifty quid. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. I just that um, question. I just pre-ordered it because it was um it's a bit cheaper on Amazon, I think. But see, I, I've I've gone for it because I played it with Asher and he really really liked it. And there aren't really that many games of that kind of you know, type that you can play on Switch at the moment. Like he always wants to play like Mario Odyssey together, but it's just not fun, isn't no. it? Like playing like two players in that at all. And at least with this, you have, you have like a feeling of like, both of you can have a feeling of control. Yeah. The Wii U was uh, a better machine it. for that type of thing. Absolutely, I think there's tons yeah. of games where you could play like yeah. that. But, yeah. Um, I see that that's the only problem I've got as well. Like Harry has been banging on about Kirby ever since we played it together. And, um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'll, probably end up having to get it at some point but um i wasn't yeah i wasn't totally sold on 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 this yeah, game i've been based absolutely on that demo. fine buying almost anything on switch that elliot's like the look of because i was probably going to get it anyway so far yeah. you know in terms of the like the 
games that look like they're for kids. But this is this is different. I'm like fifty quid. This is like there's a yeah, lot coming yeah, out that's in March. Totally it, isn't it? That's a lot of money. But he's gonna buy it. It's about time he fucking you know put put some money Chitin. in. Jesus Christ. So yeah, yeah, for real. All right, okay. Uh, and that's my list. John, have you got uh, anything yeah, else? I, mean, that you I, want to I, I played that, um, and then I've also been playing yeah, Into the Breach. Now, I don't know if anybody knows oh, what awesome. this is. This is the FTL people, yeah. Correct, yeah. So, Subset Games, uh, which I believe is two people who made the brilliant FTL. Um, this is the, the follow up to that. It's not, it's not a direct sequel to FTL, but there are uh, certain, there's certainly the DNA of that game in this. But basically, it's a grid-based um, tactics game, similar to uh, Advance Wars in, in many ways. It's, it's done on an isometric grid, but it has the FTL elements. If you haven't played FTL, that was the kind of, like, basically Star Trek simulator where you have, like, a an Enterprise-type thing, and you can see the different rooms at the top, and then you move from planet or system to system, uh, and crazy stuff happens. And it, it's all turn-based, but um, it's all about managing chaos and it creates those stories, like, it creates amazing stories just with the systems that it has. Into the Breach is, um, it has the same kind of roguelike or roguelike elements to it. So you're, you're on a, on a run, essentially. Um, you know, you, you can either get through to the end fight or, or you die along the way. And then the, the, the conceit in this game is that, like, every new run is a new timeline. So you can carry one of your characters into the previous one. But to rewind a little bit and to explain what the actual game is, a turn-based tactic game where you control three mechs, a Titanfall-type mech, you know, with arms, um, a tank, and a kind of uh, mortar lobbing thing. And they're the only three things that you have at any time. Later on, you can unlock different squads, which have slightly different variants on that, but you only ever have three guys on the screen, basically. And you're fighting these kind of insects. They're nothing too original-looking stuff that like you've seen in, in other things before. And it's, it seems like it's fairly basic turn-based stuff. You move, you move a few grids, you hit something, it loses energy, whatever. But really, you start to understand that it's actually quite different to any of the other types of games like that. And that is because you can always see what's going to happen. And what I mean by that is like when the enemies have their turn, what they're trying to do is they're trying to kill you, but they're also trying to blow up the sea. And if they, um, there's like buildings around the map. And if a building, enough buildings get destroyed, you lose a power bar at the top. It's game over, right? So, um, you will see, for example, on an enemy's turn, a little bug will move in front of a, a high rise, you know, a little city block square. And then that will be highlighted red. So to say next turn, they're going to hit and it's going to hit this block and, you know, they'll probably blow it up and you'll lose power. So what you can then do is almost all of the attacks can move your enemies around the board. So your mech can go and punch something and that will slide an enemy one square. So say that enemy's in front of the block, sorry, the tower block, you go up next to him, you punch him, he loses a bit of health, but he also slides out of the way. So when it comes to his go, now he will still fight in that direction that he'd already planned on doing but he's one square over so maybe you punch him so the ends up attacking his enemy or maybe you punch him in a way that like he ends up punching a mine or just a mountain like and the more you do it and the more you realize it's all about moving the enemies around the board as well as it is um killing them uh, the more it actually becomes more like a block puzzler, uh, and it actually weirdly remind me of threes of all things because you're constantly planning oh, ahead. All about that game, then you're constantly yeah. planning ahead and like slotting things together, and it makes you feel like a fucking genius when you get it right. And there's a brilliant, brilliantly written review of this game on PC Gamer by Alex Wiltshire, I believe, was the ex-editor of Edge, and um, 
he he just explains. He he kind of keeps coming back to this anecdote, anecdote about how it feels like all hope is lost in this in his turn. He's got this mech and this mech and this mech, and is being overrun with enemies. And basically, you're just sitting there, or he's sitting there on his turn, like figuring out, okay, well, I could move this mech here, and that will take this out. But shit, that's going to blow up this building. And he's just going through all these scenarios in his mind, and eventually he figures it out. And when you do figure it out, like the exact right place to move, because you have all the time in the world to do it, because it's turn based, it does make you feel like a genius. Um, and I feel like. Because of that, it also creates its own stories because you have you have your three characters, your three um, mechs, I should say, but they're all piloted by characters, and those characters have little traits. So when you wipe and it's game over, you can only carry one of them through, so the other people are dead anyway. And um, also they can die in the run, and they're replaced by an AI, so you still get the, the little ship or whatever, the little mech, I should say, but you don't get the character and you can't level them up. So you get that certain attachment to to the characters as well, which is like a real trait of the very best of these types of games, Exxon being probably the best example of that. So you, you have that going on as well. And there's this brilliant quote that um, I actually read in the Gama Sutra interview today from one of the designers uh, of the game. Uh, and he says, the most important thing to making a compelling game for us personally um, is if the storytelling, the atmosphere, the lessons it's teaching are all directly tied to gameplay. If you're trying to convince me of something that's nothing to do with gameplay, it just doesn't have anywhere near the impact when I'm making decisions that are tied to it. And I think that's a brilliant like design philosophy. And that's why I said it before in FTL in this game and some of the games that I love the most, even PUBG, which is a game we talked about a lot recently, that the systems make the story. And I think that um, in subset games, that that's obviously completely fundamental to the DNA of these games. And, you know, stuff that will happen that are entirely personal stories to you because of what's happening on the battlefield. And there's nothing to do. There are just sparse lines of actual narrative in this game. Um, I, you know, the story exists and it's kind of okay, but that's not the stories that the game is telling you. And that's personally what I think game stories can really add that you know other mediums can't do and that's not to say that games can't be well written and tell more classic type stories or you know cinematic type stories or anything like that they can absolutely do that as well but what games can do that other things can't do is stuff like this and i think into the breach yeah. becomes it's a brilliant tactics game it's a, a you know sort of brilliant block puzzler it's stylish it's cool the music's brilliant and it also has that innate way of telling stories about it um, that become entirely personal to you. I highly recommend going and reading the PC Gamer review because it does a far better job of explaining the game than I think I'm doing right now. But I hopefully I'm at least conveying my passion. I think it's, it's 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 another really fantastic game, and I know that the more I play it, the you know as I crank up the difficulty, I've been playing on easy like FTL. You kind of it's recommended you go in in easy figure out the systems, figure out what's going on. And to be fair, Into the Breach is a much simpler game than FTL. It's much more easy to, un sorry, it's much easier to understand. It's much easier to get your head around. Um, but it actually does have as much depth, if not more than FTL. I think it's an amazing second game from clearly an extremely talented studio, which from what I can work out is two people. So um, highly, highly recommended. And I think it's a game that's only going to get better the more time I put into it. Yeah, they um they're getting a name for themselves, those boys, aren't they? Damn right. Damn yeah, right. It does sound really good. I, I wish it was on the uh, a switch, but yeah, it does uh, look great. Uh, it would definitely be on Mac Is FTL Linux. On uh no, it's only it's on not, no. iPad. Oh, yeah. But I, this game will work really well on large phones. Obviously it will it is inevitably gonna come to iPad and um and stuff soon. Uh but I think just because they're they're a bit stretched, only being two of them, it takes them a while. But hopefully it'll end up on Switch. But even if it doesn't, on a like a plus size phone, I think it would be banging on that, to be honest. It, it actually the, the touch face um interface would be better than even a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got to say actually, uh, for thanks to Leon Cox who sent me a copy of STL today. Uh, it was on my wish list on Steam, and he sent it to me for free. Oh, so. it's very nice. Thanks, thanks a hell of a game. Yeah, I haven't played it. No, no way. I, there's another game I did play actually. I didn't mention my list. I briefly played about 40 minutes of the um, the final episode of La- of uh, Life is Strange. So after oh god, the, no more Life is Strange, please. I just wanted to do just want to do the, 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 the next week in a row. Uh, yeah, so the, the the series actually ended after three episodes, but they released today what they call the farewell episode. I don't know if it's a full episode or so or whatever, but uh, I played the first forty minutes today, and it it, it tells the story of. Um, so it's actually separate from 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 the first few episodes, but it tells the story of Max and Chloe when they were children, uh, like um, really really young kids. So I'm really interested to see. What where that goes and what what that what that sort of what detail that goes into to potentially give us a bit more of a backstory to series one. I wasn't interested in that at all after um, the final episode of Before the Storm, but then I watched the trailer and I was like, and it was the music, and yeah, the characters, yeah. And I, I mean, already, like, oh I can, I, yeah, I, I'm, I. But I, already it feels quite emotional and and the things i've done in the first 40 minutes are, are not emotional actions whatsoever but i'm like it is, yeah the, 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 that, that music is swelling from early early doors so interested to see what it does yeah, yeah. oh god when's, the, when's the next series of life is strange out <laughs> not for a while thank fuck for that uh-huh. I've got no problem with the game. I'm actually interested in playing it, but Jesus, hearing about it every week for the rest of your oh, life. It's oh, it's one of those God. ones where, like, you know, when James hears that I'm playing a game and he goes, Oh, don't play it. You, you'll ruin it for me. <laughs> I've got a feeling that'd be like that for me. Yeah. John Planet going, What what the fuck is this? I mean, it's about nothing. Yeah, I know, but that's why I like it. No, that's bollocks. Yeah, I know. What? We'll that's see. the conversation we'll that's going to we'll happen. See. I like things that are about nothing. So, um, we shall mm. see. We shall see, mate. Okay, alright, well should we do um, tweets and emails before we get out of here? If you want to email us, it's thecomputergameshow at gmail.com and we're going to kick things off with Steve Cheney. Hi folks, I'm a fairly new listener, Goatee 2017 was the first one I listened to, so sorry if you've covered this before. I get terrible motion sickness if I play first person games and some third person, Space Marine on 360 springs to mind, so avoid the whole genre. Do any of you have similar issues with any games or are there any genres you can't or won't play? Keep up the good work. You make my commute a lot more interesting. So I, do you know, this is something that I have never had an issue with. Like the, the, a lot of people, I, I read a lot of people complaining about games for mo- motion sickness. And to be fair, it's never aimed at the game itself. It's just like, oh, it's such a shame I can't play this because it makes me feel ill or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, isn't like the hand bobbing was an issue in a lot of games? And, uh, you know, the running motions and stuff in certain games. Because, John, you have a problem with motion sickness, don't you? Uh, not in games. No, I mean, VR is horrible. Yeah. But um, not so much. The only game I can really remember giving me genuine motion sickness was Alien Trilogy on PS1, which must have had like 12 frames per second frame rate. Um, like yeah. certain games, if you play them enough and they've got a shorty frame rate, will give me like a migraine. But that's um, it's not really the same thing. But my wife, she literally can't look at anything for more than about 10 seconds any game with like you know camera movement anything um oh yeah we've mentioned this yeah, before yeah, haven't we because right. james said the same thing about his wife yeah i mean she gets it with first person stuff but not so much with third person like with third person she's kind of fine because she's the same you can focus on on the screen um whereas when it's like first person it's like was it all it's going all over the place and uh, does she yeah. get travel sickness no oh no no she does yeah she does yeah 
Yeah. So do you reckon that's, that's probably linked then, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Ooh, it's probably it's all the same shit. I mean, I, I've never had it apart from with VR. Like, it's the only time I've really, I've really had it. I mean, more recently, I've begun to feel that I'm kind of not so interested in games that have been, like, converted to VR as opposed to ones which have been designed for VR from the outset. Like, yeah. with, like, like uh, Skyrim really began to make me feel quite sick, like, in VR, whereas, you know, other stuff like Superhot, like, didn't at all because that felt more like it was designed... Or at least the the VR bits are designed for it. I know. What, what do you think, John, about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember I was at a development studio about a year or so ago, and they were talking extensively about all the different things that they implement to try and prevent motion sickness. And all I could think of is how awful a job that must be to be the guy who has to test all that, like for <laughs> days and days and days. Because yeah. uh, like, it's really unpleasant. That I mean, it's like being on a rough boat or something it's like when it kicks your ass it's, it's, it's horrendous and it's probably the main reason i've re- barely played playstation vr at all in about a year because i just i just kind of loathe to feel like that i remember that whole november when it came out I basically just felt like that every single day and yeah i just i don't want to put myself through that it's it's weird isn't it because like, i i really enjoy using it but then there is something that stops me putting it on actually because i do just think I am gonna. I know that even though it would be fine, I will still feel at least slightly nauseous. Yeah. You know, from like whatever I'm gonna yeah, do, yeah. and it kind of like makes you just think. Oh, I'd, I'd rather just watch the TV. I don't want to feel sick. I, tonight. You get such an intolerance for that when you when you get to certain age as well, don't you? It's kind of like. Uh, I mean, I'm the same. Even with hangovers now, I'm so obsessed with not getting hangovers that I proper properly curb my drinking. With you know, I get to a point where I'm just like, right, I'm drinking more now. That's it. Um, whereas like. You know, when I was younger, just didn't give a shit. Didn't, I didn't mind feeling sick the next day. Um, so, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, if I had one and it was making me feel like that, I'd, I'd instantly go, I just don't want to feel like that. So it'd be staying in the box. How about you, Matt? Like, because you suffered really badly the first time you tried PSVR, didn't you? Yeah, but but then now I can play I can play a game and I'm fine. Um, and in terms yeah. of general games, I've never never had that motion sickness uh, thing at all, so I, I, I don't get that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely in VR... And, and I do, although generally I'm, I'm a lot better, I, uh, I, I, you can sort of instantly tell when you're playing a game that feels slightly different to ones you might have played before. Um, but, but but generally, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a downside better than I was when I first started playing. I mean, that was like, what, a lap and a half of Drive Club and I was almost on the floor vomiting. Um, but yeah, now <laughs> I've been playing the game and it, I'm much, but maybe I'm also much more, I'm, I'm much more understanding about what, what my brain and body can handle before I start feeling unwell. Uh, and, and, and also knowing the first rule, which is don't push yourself. If you start feeling sick and heart, just stop. Cause I, uh, I was once, yeah, I had motion sickness for 25 hours after pushing myself through rigs for a bit too long. Oh, so, that sounds awful. Um, but, um, speaking of PSV, I like Bravo, Bravo teams out tomorrow. Which is um, a new, uh, it's a new, obviously, like, uh, shooter game for PSVR, but it uses the aim controller. So I really want to play that. Uh, that's out tomorrow. I want to play Moss because that's supposed yeah, to be excellent. Yeah, I want to play as well. Yeah, that looks fantastic, and it's reviewed so well. Okay, All right, cool. Sweet. Next question. Uh, evening, fellas. First, from a couple of weeks ago, I don't think I've heard anything sum up the computer game show better than the response to my questions. I ask a really insightful question about what home console gaming might be like in 2056, and you all think for about two seconds, make shite jokes, and generally make a flaccid farts worth of effort. 
So quite a hard. terrible Aww. question. But go on. Yeah, I was about to say, you think a bit highly of your question. I ask a quick follow-up about KFC <laughs> versus McDonald's, and it's like you've all been given a concoction of ecstasy and 200 espressos coming alive with passion and thorough discussion. The computer game show My Arse, rebrand as The Filler Show, absolute pisser. Now someone who actually cares is back. Any insight into the far future of gaming? John. Uh, oh, no. God. Uh, your, your question wasn't very good. <laughs> question for today. For James, you indicated recently that you've only played Final Fantasy X to completion. Of all the other entries, what is it that keeps you wary of those games? And for all of you, except David, who fucking hates them, what was your favourite JRPG yep. of all time? Of all time? Turn Scottish at the end there. Um, <laughs> it was. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm okay>. like- <laughs> Gutting on going to miss res chaps. Have a banger. Adam Stoke on Trent. <laughs> Uh, where are we? So, um, James, why are you wary of the other Final Fantasy games? Uh, mostly because of the grind. Because I hate that. I hate that element of like having to sort of just mm-hmm. continuously grind, you know, to get to a level so that you can then fight enemies and continue or whatever. That's that's always been the thing that's put me off with those games. Um, and I'll quickly answer my favourite JRPG of all time. I've not played many. It's probably um, probably Final Fantasy VII. Maybe it would have been Lost Odyssey if uh, those fucking kids hadn't turned up about 20 hours in. Oh, my God. Uh, that was a shame. But, yeah, I've played very few. Final Fantasy VII, eight and ten, and that. You're not playing Blue Dragon? I have played a bit of Blue Dragon, Amazing yeah. music. It's like... <laughs> That's a fantastic. Actually, Blue Dragon wasn't bad. I mean, one of my favourites was um, I really liked Skies of Arcadia um, on Dreamcast. That was really, really great. And obviously, at the moment, it's all about the persona. But um, yeah, just those. Yeah, I got it sitting there. It's going to get played soon. Matt, what has the first hour, the best, what's the best first hour of a JRPG you've ever played? I mean, I used to play the Shining, Shining games like Shining Wisdom and Shining Force. Um, are they even JRPGs? I mean, they're Japanese role-playing games, so I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I mean I never played it was a long time ago. That's what yeah. a JRPG is, I guess, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. So I played them, but yeah, I haven't played one in for 50 million years. Although they announced, Sega announced the other day that there's a new Shining game coming out. So uh, part of me is quite interested in that. Yeah, you Although definitely played that, Matt. Zero gameplay footage, so that was a bit annoying. Okay, David, you fine. mean you literally Express- never played one, no? Um, no, I mean, uh, no, no, I, I think, I, I, does Pokemon count? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I played the all first Pokemon. one of that, mm. played the first one of that on the old Game Boy and um, enjoyed it, and then, I did I, I can't even remember how far I got, to be okay, honest with you, we don't it's care. not important, right. it's not important. Hi guys, I've got a question for John, because this, this one's about me, so I wanted to get onto it, I've got a question for John after hearing his impressive <laughs> CV last week, thanks. What advice would you give someone to look to make at least a little bit of money out of games journalism or features writing? I've been building up a bit of a portfolio writing news, reviews and editorials for free. Uh, uh, painful. I love doing it and so doing it for free isn't the end of the world, but turning it into a paid gig seems to be a very tricky business. Uh, cheers, guys. That's from Sam. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like it, it always hurts to hear people doing it for free, but I get it. It's a way to to get in, and especially these days, it's you know, like you say, it's a good way to. You're basically doing it, you know, building up a portfolio. You then you, you just got to hit up the people who are commissioning real freelance that 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 pays from the major websites and the major magazines and pitch them features, pitch them proper features uh, with you know exact plans who you're going to interview stuff like that, not just like loose ideas. Don't expect anybody just to knock on your door and say, um, you know, review this, something like that. Don't just turn up saying, oh, I'll do reviews for you. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of people out there who've been doing it for years. It's just not going to happen. 
uh, and or try and apply for a job and just keep applying for jobs. The other tactic is to, uh, depending on where you live, try and get yourself into um, industry events and meet people and network, and then you're way more likely to get freelance. Um, basically, how do you? How's the best way to get so into industry? You, if you're, uh, you know, working for a website, um, I know that you 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 wrote the Celeste article. Anybody, any of those blogs that you know, they can get into certain industry events. You, you and you hear about them. You're on mailing lists, etc. Hit up all the PRs that you can find on Games Press. Get onto their mailing lists. You know, when you hear about any sort of event, try and secure an invite. Um, work out who the people are in the room. Meet them. Talk to them become friends i mean it's the other way it's the you know the way basically as far as i'm concerned like there's probably 20 people who are the same level of writing you're going to give it to the person out of those 20 people that you know i mean that's just life i mean one person might be ever so slightly better than someone else but realistically like you know it's not like there's the best guy then the second best guy and the third best guy and the fourth best guy it's you know most people are of a certain standard there's people who you know, a bunch of people who are worse than that you know a few people at the very top um, so if you can get yourself to that standard and you know then then you just got to hustle meet people i was lucky i just applied for a job and got it so i can't really you know i didn't take my own advice but that that was a long time ago um and if i was to make a suggestion it would be to use more question marks in your headlines um so if you've got an article about you know the, how well the switch is doing say just put the headline is the switch doing well and then people click on it, and then the, that's how that's how it works these days, isn't yep. it? Just more question Clickbait marks, mate. Shit. More question marks. Click bait that shit right up. All right, moving on. And yeah, I mean, I guess so. But right, good morning. No one else is going to watch. James, how's best to get into <laughs> games journalism? Do you think? James okay. has left. Good morning. Pass sorry, out. so sorry, I was muted. No worries. <laughs> Oh, okay. right, good. No, there's reasons. It's you know you would have a go. Ugh. Right. <laughs> what? I wasn't having a go. I said okay, let's go. Good morning. Another Yankee listens. Good. I started off listening from Player One, as others have said as well. Now you guys have become my favourite with a banter and arguing. Blah blah blah. My question is, mates, do any of you guys get into conspiracy theories? Just a little editorial note from me. I love it when American people start sentences with mates, which is something that uh, English people don't ever do. But you know, it's all good. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's nice. Uh, do any of you guys get into conspiracy theories? It'd be fun to hear some of your guys' thoughts. For example, with American news is not out the question to believe the theory of crisis actors the belief is that after a dramatic event occurs the victims are too distraught to talk about it live on the air but the news wants a good scoop so we'll have a crisis actor pretending to be the father of the victim for that extra shot of the scene for viewers that's a fun conspiracy uh, any interesting conspiracy theories of yours cheers um i've not written the fucking name down i'm so sorry uh tweet us and i'll, I'll say it next week um conspiracy theories man i like the, the the you know there's the big ones the Kennedys the the World Trade Centers the Tower Sevens and all that sort of stuff which I've moon landings you know really read a little bit about but um no like smaller ones conspiracy theories no you know not not so much how about you guys I believe them all yeah every single one I've heard I, I, I flat out believe there was flat no out. moon landing leave off there was what about the what about the prop on the moon. Eh? Well, yeah, it's all thing. Well, the, refle- the, re- the reflections weren't even right. Oh, but the, that was from Max from New Jersey, by the way. So thanks, Max. That was from Maxim. It's from Max from New Jersey. That's right. Oh, right. Okay. New Jersey. Um, yeah, no, I just believe it, but I love them. Um, I reckon that David Cage is actually uh, Peter Molyneux, with just with a little bit of prosthetics on his face and a, a bad accent. 
Um, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I reckon. Um, yeah, well, anything, just send them to me and I'll just go, all right, yep, fine, I'll, I'll have that. Yeah, the, <laughs> um, the conspiracy subreddit is fantastic. I'm on there quite a lot just because it's fascinating. Really? Yeah, see, with people creating what they what they believe are dossiers <laughs> with evidence about this conspiracy theories, you know. Um, and you, I, you know those whole, like, Flat earthers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. No, there's that whole thing. See, like, I thought that, that started out as a joke, and then that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I, the, I, the way I read it, when I read what the, these flat earthers are saying on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff, I think they know they're just taking the piss. Yeah, like they're, that's what they're I thought. clearly just taking the piss, and people get like really angry about it. Like there was this whole thing about um, there was a flat earth group on Facebook, and they posted up. Uh, the flat earthers are rising and um, people all around the globe are uh, agreeing that the earth is flat or something like that and I just thought that's clearly a very funny joke and then people are going look they've said all around the globe idiots if it's flat how is it a globe yeah I'm pretty sure that was an intentional joke like I, I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe that's a conspiracy theory eh which means I believe it so fine that's what's happening <laughs> that's what's going on right now James, I bet you're all about the conspiracy theories, right? I bet you love them. Being being someone that studied like <laughs> history for God knows how many years, I bet you'll bang up for a conspiracy theory. Not particularly. I'm not. A, not no, a huge no, fan. No, I didn't uh, James, <laughs> James, was 9/11 an inside job? No. Um, did Did the government kill JFK? No. Is Elvis still alive? No. Okay. Um, well, that's well, that week. I, 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 I love all those things. things. I mean, the amount of like JFK documentaries I watched where they're like, "No, the bullet couldn't even come from that way." And oh, yeah, I love, I love that shit. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bullet could. Oh, I know it couldn't, could it? Dave, if you were child, man. Yeah. Oh I God, I love that shit. <laughs> JFK was <laughs> killed by Sam Giancana. I thought everyone knew that. I don't know if that was a joke. Go on. That was way too intelligent for us. If it was, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're way you far my too boys, high for us, James. boys. It's tweets time. You ready? Oh, here we go. Let's play this. Drop the beat. Place. There's no beat. No. Go on. Place. Uh, at Place Music. Has Snoop requested to be on the show yet? Dave. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's on next week. We said we're a bit busy this week. We've got four of us yeah. back. So um, maybe maybe next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll one of us is off. All yep. right. Rich Spurs 24. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time a game made you jump out of your seat in pure joy? Mine is my pin tweet. Okay, I'm not going to read that, Rich, but um, games make me jump out of my seat all the time. Like, almost every game that I play, I jump up and swear yeah. at the screen. Like, if I beat a monster in Monster Hunter, a competitive game, FIFA, Rocket League, forget about it, I'm barely, sta- I'm barely sitting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, to, like, yeah, Rocket League, I'm, I'm, I'm barely on my seat. I'm just constantly, like, hovering yeah. in the air. <laughs> um, there's that. Probably the best I've felt in a game for a long time was when I got my first Chicken Dins mm. in, um, yeah. in PUBG. Yeah. Like, there was, when, there was when that of, come uh, up on my screen. Punching, yeah, when those came in. Oh, God, yeah. I was doing full yeah. weird dance around the house for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, yeah, I felt really good for that one. See, I don't get the um, joy. I've only had pure anger. I don't, I don't get, get the, the joy. joy. That's the episode I've title. had the pure anger, you know, from like, like the Colossus stuff and yeah. all that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't really get really excited. Even even with games like Mario Odyssey and like Zelda, like, there's every times I stood up like that is amazing. You didn't know no, that. It's like yeah, it's great, it's really nice, but I don't know, I don't get all like 
wanting to get out. Oh, come on, James. Like, climbing that skyscraper around. at the end of Mario Odyssey. Yeah, it's brilliant. I you really must loved have been it. Like, and the best bit with that... chokes up. The absolute best bit with that was that my son, like, I helped him get through like to that bit, you know, like, from that level. And when he saw that, and then I read... Because you, you, it has, you know, it has, like, the dialogue bits and everything. And then like, I read to him, like, what it was saying. And the look of just, like, rapture on his face, it was the best. And I really wish I'd filmed that, because that gave me feelings of joy. That was really nice. But not for oh, myself. Oh, God. Speaking of, speaking of that level, right, at the weekend, I went to um, my sister-in-law's birthday. Uh, birthday party, just, like, around her house and whatever. And um, my nephew turned around to me and said, uh, can you do this, the, the 500 moon challenge thing on, on, on my profile, please? Because I can't do it. And I, I want to see what happens at the end. And it was like a party and whatever. And I'm going, yeah, I'll do it in a bit. I'll do it in a bit. I kept putting him off and I went, okay, I'll do it. And I've done it for a lot of our friends' kids as well. You know what I mean? Like, they've, they, they, I'm the nerd. So they like, get the nerd to do it. And I Could usually you do it, do it or whatever. <laughs> no, Matt, because I'm pretty convinced you've sold it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, do you still own it? Which game is this? <laughs> Mario Odyssey. Yeah, of course I do, yeah. You, you what? You sold it? No, I own it. Right, okay. okay. You don't sound very convinced of that, Matt. <laughs> no, he doesn't, does he? Um, so, yeah, so I sat down to try and do it for him. And I've done it a million times, that level now, but I just could not do it. I could not do it. And he's six. And he, he when I, like, I, I did it four times and got to the bit with a bird four times with plenty of health left. So I would have smashed through the last bit of it, no problem. Um, and I just could not do that that bit with the swinging panels or whatever. And I just said that I'm at this birthday party. I should be socializing with the adults. Instead, I'm in the front room with all the kids for, for about an hour. And I just went, Oh, sorry, mate, I'll have to do it another time. And he burst into tears. Like just, and I'm going, oh, I just feel awful, but I'm not doing that again because I nearly put the pad, pad through the telly. Uh, not only that, he didn't have a pro controller. So I'm going to blame it on that. I mean, for fuck's sake, get a pro controller, son. Then come, then come back to me. Uh, but yeah, I was horrific, properly letting it down a kid because I can do a bit in Mario. Yeah, good I game though. Um, it's just such a shame that you don't feel the joy. Why do you play games anymore, James? No, I'd still really, really enjoy it. It's just I don't. It doesn't make me want to jump up and start screaming and stuff. I don't know. I just. Like Maybe it. the, it's the competitive stuff that makes oh, yeah, the I'd ones we were talking about. The major stuff, ones is like Rocket League and and um, and PUBG and stuff. So I don't know. Oh yeah, the amount yeah, of times in Rocket League, last minute goals or any goal in Rocket God, League, yeah. you want to stand yeah. up and like punch the air. It's amazing. What happens if Chelsea yeah. score a last minute goal? Well, yeah, obviously you get a bit excited then. But it's what bit. happens if Man United score a last minute goal? Next question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's three two, Matt. I was, I'm surprised, but go on. Are you? Yeah, I, I, don't I thought they pulled that out of the bag. But the you know. Come on. right. Next tweet is from Piston Twister. Uh, recently saw a video featuring John Denton. Was shocked to discover he didn't look like anything like how I imagined. I.e. Serge. Pizorno from Kansabian or a more spindly Noel Fielding. All right. Uh, does the panel have any similar examples of this phenomenon? Uh, yeah, I think everybody does, right? Like people oh, you yeah, listen to on the radio yeah. and then, yeah, they don't look anything like, like Idle Thumbs guys, uh, Garnet Lee, Dave Turner, like pretty much everybody. Well, you're the most recent one, John. So what would you like that's best met me out of this lot? What did you think? Did you think, same with Matt and James, like, well, did, was it a surprise to see our faces the first time? Um, I, to be honest, I mean, I think that I knew what you looked like from Twitter. 
I think because it's different these days because you like, yeah, yeah, yeah you pretty much see people straight away. So I don't think I had yeah, it yeah. so much with, with you guys. Um, and then James, there must have been a period where I didn't know what James looked like, but now I do. But the problem is James looks so much like the assistant manager from Man United that I just think he's the assistant manager from Man United now. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Yeah. He used to be okay. the assistant manager at Chelsea, Rui Farrier. That's you. Uh, really? Yeah, but to okay. me, I've never met you, so I've seen you in photos. Imagine that, but fatter, and then you probably <laughs> you're there. You've never met James face no. to face. All right. Rest is going All to be right. the first okay, time we yeah, meet. No, I suppose you haven't. That's really weird. Um, yeah, no, I I can totally see why you thought you looked like the people that you really? mentioned there. Like I assumed the first time I, I assumed you had like a little goatee beard. I don't know what? why. I don't know I why. I need to change my whole you life. Sound this like- is terrible. What am I doing? No, it's not that. It's not like I'm not. It's not having a pop at you. You just sound like really relaxed and chilled out. Not someone. That's not what most to... people say when they listen to this show. Well, yeah, it's not what you say. It's just your voice. Okay. I All guess. Right. Mm. All right. Ben Symes says last week Dave admitted. <laughs> All right. Don't, well, no, it's Sorry, words... It just sounded like you wanted to punch me. Like you were just holding back a punch. Well, um, you're not here, <laughs> so right. what would be the point? All right, Ben Simon <laughs> That's a good point. Says last week, Dave admitted he was a tabletop gaming nerd as he played Blood Bowl and Man of War. Or not even I've played them. That wasn't me. That was Ben saying that. What was his favourite team and fleet? Again, I, I said it last week. I didn't actually play the games. I just bought the figures, looked at them for a bit, and then they went in a draw. That was. You that did say it. that. I used to play a bit of Warhammer, to be fair. I was a, yeah. a Skaven guy, the rats, but I was like 12. I remember being a kid. The reason I got into it, well, it was mainly because my older brother started buying them and painting them. Again, he didn't really play the games, but he was buying and playing these little miniature figures or whatever. And I was, you know, when, you, when you're of a certain age, you look at you, what your older brother's doing and go, yeah, I'm going to get into that too. But there was also this sort of, i probably getting it all wrong, but there was kind of like a Warhammer style game that wasn't a games workshop game at all. But it's all the hexagons on this big like plastic mat that you put down on the floor. And it was really simple, but actually quite fun to play. And I played that quite a bit with uh, a mate that lived down the road. So if anyone knows what that is, it was all hexagons on this plastic mat. And you had the, the this army on a big hexagon plastic bit that you just moved into different positions and you had to try and take down the other guys i don't know i can't remember but if you know what that is or what i'm talking about let me know and uh i'll look it up on google and go oh yeah it was that game and then never think about it again all right that's yeah. something to look forward to that was it all right oodles says uh now that you're all bumping shoulders with the stars like snoop dogg and friends describe your ultimate yeah. works xmas party and who join you possibly footballers or peter molyneux or even david cage dave this is just like that i guess in this is like that if you had a meal yeah. with people, who would you choose? Stephen Fry. It's quite it's Stephen Fry, isn't it? That's what everyone says. I don't know if I would, though. Stephen Fry seems really cool. I wouldn't but... have him to the Xmas party. No? Why's that? He's older than that, isn't he? I'd, 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 yeah. yeah, it's true. I don't need to make one up. Like, I'm looking forward to this year's. Do you reckon you could have a proper conversation with Snoop, though? Mm, I don't know if he'd want to have a proper conversation with me, but... That's that's it, isn't it? That's it. Because I reckon I could go up to him and go, you're right, mate, how's it going? And he'll just go, yeah, <clears> fine, <throat> then walk off. <laughs> and he's like, well, that was a wasted invite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Mine would be you lot. Ah, oh, you've already had your ultimate party when you hung out with all the those Millwall players that time. Yeah, oh God, yeah, Jesus Christ. When I got to hang out with the Millwall players after they'd just won promotion to the championship, that was pretty good. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, 
yeah, they didn't want to know me, but who cares? I got some banging photos. Speaking of a Christmas, I, speaking of a Christmas party, I like to go to a Christmas party about Snoop Dogg and have James sit in like the front passenger seat and him and Snoop, uh, Snoop in one of his cars where like, it's bounce on suspension. And it's loads of like, <laughs> twerking and like outside. Oh, like, I can imagine James in the front seat looking really awkward. I, know, also, I would like a Christmas party on the top of like a, t- a tall building or whatever. Invite Snoop Dogg, invite James Farley, and then just like pull the emergency button on a li- lift when they're both in there, and then like have a camera in there with like an iPad and watch what they talk about when they're stuck in a lift for six hours. Like, how would that? Oh, I'd love yeah, that. What I'd the fuck would happen there? I'm sure, they just hotbox it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you all of a sudden the lift starts working, the doors open, it's just like smoke just pours out. Yeah. James, James just walks, and, James and they both swap clothes. And James out like a massive chain, <laughs> like full fubu gear. James, I, I was going to go for uh, Blake Professor Heavy Rain, but the, the actor of that in character because I think that'd be pretty good. You'd have to pay him yeah. like, the whole yeah, time, and you'd that. just be that one character. Yeah. God, interesting choice, John. Um, I, I told you, I, I just want to hang out with Snoop. Why yeah. not? I'd, it'd be interesting, but uh, you've got to think of the the reality of the situation. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Drink enough, it'll be fine. No, it's true. In fact, actually, you don't have to think about the reality of the situation. That's the whole point in yeah, playing these fun games. True. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, um, Darren Gargett, if Matt was to ever finish a game, what game would it be? It's going to be Dark Souls, isn't it? It's yeah. Gonna happen. Out of all the games that you've ditched way too early, is there one that sticks out that where you go, I should have really stuck with that? God, I can't remember all those games. That's hundreds. <laughs> Night in the Woods, is it? Uh, I mean, that's one of them, yeah. Sure. Um, that would have got you out of a lot of embarrassment at Christmas, wouldn't it? Yeah, but the show wouldn't have been as good, would it? <laughs> good point. <laughs> so, I I can't, I can't. I mean, FIFA. I can probably finish one match on FIFA. 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 <laughs> I wanted to finish FIFA. What an answer! <laughs> what a shit answer! No, I was asking Darren's question. Out of all the games, yeah, I, I know it's answered, but it's a shit answer. Oh, what? Out of all the games that you've played, which one would you have liked to have finished? Um, Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim, good, that's better. Right, uh, Rikaku Police, Eva. Tom Doughty, what is everyone's favourite hymn? Um, Kumbaya. I liked, uh, I used to rate a bit of uh, Hark the Herald Angels back in the day. That is mm. good. It's the bit w- where it kicks in. It's Hark the Herald. Yeah. <laughs> when you're yeah, in you- church, right? Yep. Mm. Like for a wedding or whatever, and they make you sing the hymns and stuff, do you actually sing them? Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't know any of the like tunes, really, except for... Um, I can't even remember. There's a couple that I know, but a lot of them, like when it's one that I don't, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt. I went so to I just Catholic do the mouth wedding. opening thing. Yeah, yeah. I went to a Catholic wedding a few years ago and there was loads of weird, like, I'd never heard any of those tunes ever. That was really fucking because nobody had as well. So we were just all supposed to sing, but nobody knew the song. That was just fucking crap. Well, well, Would you I'm love going... it if you went for a whole Catholic wedding and the last hymn was, um, said, boom, 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 let me see so well. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so I good. Mean, you know, for me, it's like if someone said, I'm trying to go to a gig and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Then I'll listen to all their music beforehand so I know the tracks. If I'm going to a Catholic wedding, I'll just get a whole, sp- I'll get a playlist on Spotify. Spotify playlist. I'll <laughs> hammer it. Someone there I'm like, oh, I'd fucking love this track. Come on. Come on. up and down. Yeah, like, oh, they're unplayed again, mate, but they are play- they're going to end the gig on this unnoticed like, banger. It's even better live in AP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm there with my lighter in the air. Could you imagine if someone actually said that in a gig, though? <laughs> 
it's even better live. <laughs> Such a James Farley thing to say. Right, okay, uh, James, what are you like with hymns? Are you all over those? Not particularly. Have you ever been to like a Chinese wedding? I've been to many, yeah. They're the Do worst they thing sing ever. Do they sing at them? No. It's, uh, no. I- I've been to a Chinese wedding, and the whole thing is like two hours long, the entire thing. It was crazy. That's not really? that's not a Chinese wedding. They okay, well, on, I went to a wedding in Hong day. Kong, and it, and it started at half seven. It's over by half ten. Which, okay, it's three hours. I've been to a Hindu wedding before, and that's interesting because it goes on forever. But they they couldn't give a shit if you were there or not. Like the whole wedding bit, the whole ceremony, people just get up and walk about and do what they want. Go to the buffet for a little bit, come back. Are oh, they still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll crack on. Everyone's just like chatting and stuff. It's it's weird. I mean, it's a lot better than sitting and having to watch it all. But um, when you just want to, you know, get hammered in that. But um, yeah. That was an experience. That was an experience. They made us all go out into the road and all the men side of the family from one side and the other side had to just walk down the road and then meet in the middle and shake hands and then walk into the venue. It like the uh, beginning of a football match, like Champions Yeah, League. it was a little bit, yeah. but, but with a friendly <laughs> ending as opposed to just like people yeah. beating the shit out Because well. I'll be, I'll be well, welling <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, go on. Right, Luke Summerhays. Uh, finished the list recently. Absolute banger. How can James say it's not a go- uh, Game of the Year contender? I didn't say it wasn't a Game of the Year contender, although I did. But what yeah. I mean is... It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good game, but I just think that by the time we come around to picking those up, you know, 12 months from now, or 11 months from now, or whatever, it's maybe, I'm not sure if we're still going to be remembering it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I hope we fair. do. It's a very good game, regardless of what else comes out. Matt, how would you know you haven't yeah. played it? I have played it. I just haven't finished. It. I can still say it's a good game. Up yours. <laughs> you can still vote for it for game of the year as well. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, well, did it come out this uh, year? Yes, I can. <laughs> Luke uh, also says to be slightly less mean to Doctor Farley. I really enjoy it when he talks about China and gets really technical. Well, you enjoyed this episode. Then are he and Matt ever going actually planning to go back to interface? Oh, this is a sore point. Interfaces. Why is it a sore point? What happened with interface? Do you want to tell him, James? What? No, because it's, it's it's there's nothing weird about it. It's just no, no, well, not to you're making it sound weird. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean basically we, we, we both love doing it, but also we are too busy to do it uh, as often as we like, and with as much dedication as we'd like. I mean, every time we we recorded, we enjoyed it. I think we put out some good episodes. We, I love the China one and the Millennials one, and and yeah, James and I have been talking about like tech and gadgets for like for years, and we just like bring each other up after Apple conferences, and we thought let's just do a pod and. But it's just, we've got this, obviously, on Mondays and, you know, busy lives and work and all sorts of shit. And I, and we weren't able to dedicate as much time as we'd like to it. So Was we've, there this a crisis? Is long it's it's yeah. also partly because, I mean, when this started, we weren't really confident this was going to continue anyway. So we had this. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Is, is yeah. the reason you're too busy? Is that the reason it stopped? Yeah. Basically, okay. That's all you need is Athene. <laughs> Athene Ellen, when will Matt, this is quite dark? When will Matt breathe his last, and will John deal the killing blow? Um, well, the guess, the answer to the first question is also the answer to the second question is whenever I decide. Oh, he's fate is in his hands, John. Uh, Matt, no, nah, I, I, I'll end it before you get a chance to, John. <laughs> oh, we were hoping to do the choke out this weekend, but John couldn't come down because of weather. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Uh, I think he pussied out. Next question. <laughs> when it, whenever this happens, Res- please someone film it. Please. Oh God, it's going to be on stage at Res, mate. They'll put everyone. It's not going to happen at Res. <laughs> 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 Fuck it is. Unless it's a fiver in. 
<laughs> right, Alex, seventy nine UK. Evening all. Uh, please describe your perfect bacon sandwich. Mine is crusty bread, streaky smoked bacon with sliced red onion, chili flakes, and brown sauce. Cheers. That sounds like a fucking war crime to me, Alex. But yeah, you know, I mean, I've got to be honest. I read that and just went yeah. fuck off. Like, the, yeah, the, the, I've the... blocked him. <laughs> streaky, <laughs> streaky bacon. That I've never got into anywhere in the first place. Yeah, um, but you, you like you, you like what you like. Yeah, it's it's true. I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying yeah. on, on my personal taste. I remember the, they always have bacon sandwiches on site meetings when I go to site. And the, w- one time we went and it was bacon and onion. And that, or like I got a bit into it. And I was like, what? The, who the fuck has done this? Like, who has done this? It was, uh, yeah, it was rank. Um, yeah. No, I just like bacon on. Yeah, crusty bread's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a rarity. We don't get to do that often. But yeah, the big crusty bread that you buy and you have to cut yourself. I mean, it's a little bit long thing, but it, it you know, yeah. it does taste better. I mean, the ultimate bacon sandwich is the Zeno bacon halloumi and, uh, you know, the tomatoes and the olives I'm only, and stuff. I, He's only done that for me once, and I was no, yeah. so hungover I couldn't hungover. eat it. I was yeah. gutted. Absolutely all gutted. Time. It's an all-time sandwich. Any um, advice there, James? Any any opinions on this one? Uh, not particularly. The ones that you did when I was over your house were pretty good. I liked yeah, them. not bad, are they? Yeah. Got slagged off for them on Twitter. It doesn't look cooked enough. Shut up. Fine. Thanks. Uh, I, I do like a bacon sandwich, but also I bloody love a BLT sandwich. And oh, I don't. Oh, I, don't oh, I fucking love them. So it, I don't it, mind a BLT. If I, if, I, if I go to like a cafe in the morning, I would, I would typically go for a BLT instead. In the morning? Oh, well, there we go. Interesting. Yeah, well, like if you're hungover? Huh? If you're hungover, you mean you went to a cafe? Um, you get a BLT. If I was hungover in a cafe, I'd probably get a full English. But if I was going okay, like a was sandwich say, to work or a little breakfast thing in the morning, BLT every day. <laughs> One iceberg lettuce, please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in the corner, crunching down for you. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, last one. Sean Thomas. Now that John Denton has cemented his place on the show alongside the main one, David Turner, does that mean JCA Farley and Matt Murray are competing for the final slot before Captain Toss returns? Harsh. Hardly. Um, can I? I mean, uh, I will say that it has always been said, and it there's been no change to that. That when Sean comes back, John steps aside. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about that now, John? That you've been on quite a few episodes. Well, you know that 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 was the deal, right? So, um, what was the, the deal? deal? It's all good. I mean, there there is a case to be made that you've moved up the ladder, and someone else is getting relegated, but. Well, yeah, but it's a bit harsh for James. He's on the... He Not talk about him. James. You, you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, it with me. Yeah, so that's it. That's, that's, that's your tweets. Invited. That's your emails. Um, Matt, do you want to do the social media nonsense? Please, yes. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter. We're at Computer Game uh, Pod on Twitter. Uh, we've given an email address already, but it's the Computer Game Show at gmail.com. We're on... Uh, Instagram, of course, so funds on there. One Twitch. I'm streaming every Sunday night at nine. I want to be. Do- I might. This might be the first to actually do two Dark Souls streams because I'm so desperate to get back to it uh, to kill Ornstein and Smo and continue for that amazing game. Um, just search us on Twitch. Um, we've got a Discord. Uh, go to Bitly slash TGCS Discord uh, to get the link for that. And uh, we're on Dash Radio, uh, but also we're on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Um, 
because we really appreciate that. How bloody rude of me. I, I, I didn't allow John to do his full review of uh, the questions that we got in. What, what, what did you That's think of this week? I thought the questions were all right this week, Dave. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they were world class. I think a few people are phoning in a little bit. So, um, yeah, let's step the game up a little bit for next week, please. All right, well, you've had your warning. Um, thanks to everyone that um, uh, tipped us last week. That really does help, and uh, it makes our lives a little bit easier to explain. Oh, no, we've got a little bit a little bit of money this week, so uh, please please let me podcast again on the Monday night and then edit all night Tuesday. Yeah, thank you, goodbye. Um, and uh, thanks for living it. I've got we'll two things to mention, actually. Why one, didn't you do it when you had your bit? Yeah, I forgot. One, uh, we're doing a live show at Rezzed. I'm sure you've heard it, but if you haven't already got your tickets, go to egx.net slash Rezzed. We're uh, doing a live show on Sunday the 15th of April at 4 o'clock till about 6. That's 90 minutes of live TGCS action. Why not come along and, and see us, uh, you know, do it live? Uh, it'd be amazing to see anyone down there. And also, if you are an Amazon Prime customer, you can get one free sub a month. Why not think about subscribing to us on Twitch? It doesn't cost you a penny. It's really easy to do. That's it. Thanks for living it. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Lilas. Goodbye. Bye.